Whoa, 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 whoa. What the hell you think you're doing, boy? Get that out of here. Remember, get the sheriff, not the marshal. Alas. Now we must act as our own bartender. Okay, boys. Fun's over. Come on out. All right, folks. Calm down. Go about your business. Jokers will be gone soon. Now, why y'all want to come into my town and start trouble? And scare all these nice people? You ain't got nothing better to do than to come into Bill Sharp's town and show your ass. Just do the sheriff. Now you can get the Martian. Django, Django, have you always been alone? And welcome, 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 welcome Django. to the podcast that does I think about a system of ten. Hey, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and hey. that was not our third go with that. <laughs> of course not. Jeez, listen to Dakota. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and we're here to talk today about episode number 108, Django Unchained. Let's not bury the lead. We're going to have Julene join us in a bit. We are. Julene. 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 Maybe we could put like a D in front of her name so we could have Julene and Django. Yeah. <laughs> the D is silent. Yeah, so I'll tell you where the D is not silent, and that's in Great Britain because there is no D in Great Britain. We were number 46 there this week. We ranked also in Australia, Ireland, right. Denmark, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Colombia, Malaysia, number 43 in Nigeria, and number 23 in South Korea. Wow. Very cool. Had a busy week, as all weeks are here on the BFE. We uh, yeah. released Crimson Tide. Really yeah. enjoyed Crimson Tide. How's uh, that doing? Uh, it's, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Had a, had a very good first day. Yeah, cool. Um, we released a clear for takeoff on How I Met Your Father, which had a very good first day, and then hey. screeched to a halt. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the and, were on. and so yeah, so that's what we've sort of had coming out in the past week. Lots of stuff coming up uh, in February. We're going to be doing. We haven't announced this yet, really. Our real roundtable for February. Well, we haven't. No, I don't think I yeah. even know what it is. I put it out there. I think you guys all went. Yeah, sounds good, and then forgot about it instantly. So I'm going to go ahead and run with it. Best films under 100 minutes. Oh, yes, I did see that. So February's a short month? Yep. Uh, Let's see if we can do yes. something with uh, shorter, films. shorter films. Best films under 100-minute runtime. And that is whatever. If you go on and it lists 98. I don't want to hear you go, it's 104 minutes, but nine minutes, those are credits. No, no, no. Official runtime <laughs> under 100 minutes. Because we live in an era of bloated movies now. We do. Yeah. We, we, we just watched a very long movie. And it was good. It was good. But there's something about being able to go ahead and get in there and say your movie and get out within 100 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we want the best of those. So as usual, hashtag BFE top five, unless you're a member of the Patreon, in which case, give us your top 10. Whoop, whoop. I'm not give us sure your top 10. if um, uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo is about 70 minutes. You know? I have no idea. 
You're just saying words to me. I don't know what you're talking about. It's one of those kung fu movies he's no it longer is. in the place uh, for oh, anymore. It's not, it it's not kung fu movies anymore. It's Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. I'm pretty sure that's about an hour and ten minutes. Also, I don't know if we'll do it in February. We might wait till March, but the mailbag is once again open. you have any questions for us, hashtag BFE mailbag. Hashtag ask BFE. Hashtag Ethan, remember to read it this time. All available hashtags. You, you know might. What, you know what we could do? <laughs> What's that? I'm just thinking, for as a Patreon exclusive, we could maybe uh, just record like the Zoom version of that and just put that up for them to see so they get to see us being wacky and answering questions. Just put it up as a video file. So basically your idea is just more work for me. No, just, <laughs> just, no, just press record, send me the video file, I'll upload it, and then they can it's watch okay, it. You're right, it was not much work. Because video files are very small. Are they? I don't know. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> see you could have convinced me they were. <laughs> you just record the zoom thing like you do oh. we can record zoom meetings all we? right all right we will we will think about the mailbag and what that might in uh, how that might look okay there we go just, just trying to invite you in um, content we're also speaking of content, we're, we're a couple of months away less than two months away from our second birthday wow two years. two years now i am this many years old Wow. That would be two for those of you who can't see me. This is an two. audio format <laughs> unless it's magic not. Number. Well, kind of audio. We've got ourselves hooked up to the big screen TV. We to do. The, we, it's even, it's yeah. two, two, two a cinema screen here at the Studio of Awesomeness. <laughs> we have we, we can see ourselves and we can see Ethan off to our left. And that's in preparation for Julene yeah. when she comes and joins yeah. us in a little bit. Yep. So we can see what she's seen and not be kind of, I didn't want it to just be me. Because usually yeah. our camera's set up mainly just for me. Not because it's, it's just because about, about me. It's all about me on this podcast. Ian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a little flashback to 2021. It's still so. about <laughs> him. It's still about <laughs> Don't you forget <laughs> it. <laughs> um, let's go ahead then also. And so one, two. Is there a third thing I want to talk about? I thought there was a third thing I was going to promo. I can't. Oh, BFE Quiz Night. BFE Quiz Night. If you were not on our last BFE Quiz Night and you want in, the doors are open. Open. The doors are open. Get your spot in line. Go ahead, send us a uh, a PM if it's open. I don't know if our DMs are open. Probably not. Okay. Or just let us know somewhere. Just tag us on Twitter and we'll get a hold of you. Just clear this up for me because yeah. I'm a bit of an idiot. What's PM mean and what did DM mean? Private message and direct message. Generally, we the same thing. It's the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just whichever platform you use. Has Unless you're talking about like a time in the afternoon, in which case then PM is <laughs> well, I know afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't use DM for that. It'll sound stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Martens. That's how I know what DMs are. <laughs> I bought a new pair of boots the other day. Not Docs though, but you know. Uh, shame. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some reflections and corrections, shall we? <laughs> Not about my new boots. Not about your new boots. But before we do that, big shout out as always. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon backers. Woo-hoo. Always, always, always. Yeah. Big shout outs to Reverend Bruce. Reverend Hey. Julene, who'll be joining us <laughs> later, to Lena Oberholzer, to Mrs. Reverend Bruce, Katie McRae, to Chris Peterson, to Randall Silva, to Ensign Ian Davies, making it so, to Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. And then we've got a new person in the Patreon pool again. <laughs> we've got the Yeetmeister. The Yeetmeister. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeeted and yoted. There's gotta be something. I'm gonna get something for Yeetmeister. <laughs> Yeetly cool. deet. I just think yeet is great. You wanna eat with yeet? Yeet is great. Um, Chris, uh, Chris Peterson just commented on my photo of the screen noticing that the Christmas tree was still up. So I, oh, I, I, I pointed out that the lights are still in. Are the lights on. still? Are the lights, the lights are still on? Looking now. Are the lights still on? 
Yeah. They haven't yeah. gone out during no, they the. They are still on. You just did the thing I was making fun of Georgia for. You turned your face away from I the mic. Did, I did. To talk I did. Because I was looking. But yeah, they, they are just still on. So on. I put yeah. these lights on. December, one pair. Of tra- it's not like plugged into the wall. I'm not like no, stupid. No, no, no. It's one- <laughs> <laughs> the lights won't turn off. I should have pointed that out on the Patreon. <laughs> One pair of AAA batteries I've put in there, and unless you guys are sneaking new ones in, it's still it's, it's still twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. It is now as we Since record the 24th this twenty fourth of December, February. What's today? The sixth, the sixth, the seventh, sixth, the sixth. Yeah, yeah. So it's still it's still on. Incredible. Because I was visited by three spirits, and I'm keeping Christmas in my heart every day of the year. Uh, yeah. Until the lights right. go out in mid-March. At which then. point, then it's over. Mid-March. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, let's, of March. now let's do our reflections and corrections. Crimson Tide was a lot of fun. It was. It was. I enjoyed yeah. that. Even, even I wasn't there, but it was. Even even editing it, I had a good time with did that. You? I did. I did. I was. I was getting frustrated. I get really anxious when it was clear you two were disagreeing, and then, but then it, it always sort of manifested itself in like friendly ways. But there was the one point where I had to go, Georgia, please stop. I'm trying to get to the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you have made this point about 15 times already during the pod. We're going around in circles. Important. Your point, you know, your point has been noted. <laughs> we know. There's no confusion about where you're coming from uh we got some feedback though and some information uh we asked when were women's not allowed on subs at the time no no that only changed in 2010 wow and that was julian and hermes who let us know that so thanks Thank a lot you. guys yeah, yeah. and usmc on the hats i knew it as soon as i heard it in the edit and i left it in but u.s marine corps oh okay. i said military it's marine corps yeah. i knew this i don't know why sometimes the mic goes on and you just lose track of things that you know yeah yeah, yeah. you don't know why you know them but you know them. Mm-hmm. that's literally the entirety of my brain so there we go. is things i don't know why i know them but i know them <laughs> so uh i guess technically there's a mistake Yeah, I did. Okay, let's move on to some shout outs, shall one, we? Though, not a bad one, no. Uh, Jay Sands. Jay Sands was the guy who was trying to catch up from like a year ago. Remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got, yeah. here's an update. He just got up to episode 70. Wow. Is he the guy who tweeted you with lemongrass a little while Yeah, it's him. Wow. Lemongrass, 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 Jay Sands. <laughs> uh, trying to catch you guys up. Even though opinions differ, I'm still enjoying what you what you guys do. By the way, Ian, did you watch the Rumble when it was on? Yes, I did. It was crap. Oh, it was so disappointing. It was so bad. I'm let's not get, sad let's I get, let's it. get ready to oh, oh, let's let's not yeah. rumble. <laughs> let's get ready to crumble because you know what? That was you you wait all year for the rumble. It only happens once a year. Well, twice yeah, in one night, but one day of a year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it was so I mean the men's okay. The men's was just poor. I prefer women's wrestling. I wonder why. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> this one shock. was this one was in a ring. <laughs> Not a pit of jelly. <laughs> oh, jelly. We, we've got a review, a five-star review Ooh. to share. Yeah? So the review says, if I could make it seven with the number seven in the middle of it, stars, I would. I love this podcast <laughs> so much. The premise is simple. What is the best film ever? And yet they do so much with it. The conversations are insightful and hilarious. I came by just to check out their latest episode covering one of my favorite films ever, and it did not disappoint. If you love film, you'll love this podcast. From Kill, sorry, Killjoy G via Apple. Podcasts. Oh. Not, not killing my joy. No. No. Well done. Quite the opposite. Gee, my joy is not killed. <laughs> Thanks. So, and then I got a trifecta of new listeners to give a shout out to. One, Andy mm-hmm. Dixon, Ooh. listened to the Encanto one recently uh, because uh, he watched uh, Encanto on the not that distant past with his kids. Said, great podcast. Thank hey. you. I said, can hey. we share this? He went, yes. I said, great. It'll be on Django. Don't watch that one with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you know when you can watch with the kids though. Rango. Rango. Yes, you can. <laughs> Rango Unchained. Um, I, was, I think it was, is that Anthony and Davies who made that mistake? It yes. Was, yeah. Watch Rango rather than Django. Uh, new listener Rich said, I listened to a few of your podcasts last night and I shall continue. Good work. Thanks Aww. a lot. How long was your night if you listened to a few in one night? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people listen to us as they're working, if they work, uh, uh, like if they work the night shifts. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. And we're kind of good for that because really, we're, like your work day is just like three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people who tell us they really like us for like, a lot of road trip comments because you put one of our episodes on and by the time we get to the end of it you've probably gotten where you want to go <laughs> that's pretty cool and if not a second one you're definitely there so yeah it's all right so that's like we're in the car with them we're in the car we're, we're with a lot of people tell me they like talk back like no you're wrong and it's like yeah but it's like it's like, it's like, it's like we're like in the that. car with you i like the fact they're engaging with us when we're not there i do so that's do I. brilliant yeah ethan you're I play like a menial, i play like a menial video game where all i have to do is walk and do stuff and very slowly get plot and these episodes are great but just Getting to do stuff or feeling like I'm not boring myself. Wait, are these the ones where you are part of the podcast or the ones where you're not? Are you like, are you like filling in the yes. gaps for like, here's what I should have said? <laughs> here's what I should have said. <laughs> to be fair, I'm always just quality checking like the Doctor Who ones and whenever yeah, you do I, like, I, 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 I hear you on, on the quality check. I do that with the, with the main episode throughout the week on the work. Yeah. And finally, new listener, a little bit of everything who said loving the podcast. Oh, thanks. Well, we, we're loving the feedback. Thank you very much. We are indeed. Um, we got some some love from Bigger Movie Pod. And thanks for the love, first and foremost. And secondly, they were like, hey, you know, maybe we could do something together. I'm like, yeah, maybe that's possible. And then I looked at where they tweeted from. They're from Cambridge. As wow. in Cambridge, UK. As in Cambridge, UK. As in, like, that's a meetup that has to happen this summer. It Absolutely. does. Has to, has, to, yeah. has to happen this yeah. summer. Take the road podcast or find a place to plug it in and just do just something. Just do some stuff. So that'd be yeah. great. And Ethan, you, you, you made mention that you're a student. <laughs> oh, from, no. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you're a student, student of Cambridge. You're a student from, I'll say you're a student from Cambridge. <laughs> He's, He's, a a student from Cambridge. Cambridge. He's a student in Cambridge. Did you say I'm a Cambridge student? Doesn't that imply you go to the University of Cambridge? Yes. Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah I think it does. We have many universities in Cambridge. There is two. No, it's like when doctor, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's never the person, it's always the person's parents. So uh, my... My son's a doctor. I, I, what does he do? I, I, I was well. once in a relationship, yeah, where, where like um, the the cousins-in-law, one was an early childhood specialist in, in a classroom, ECE. And there's nothing, and that's, that's a great job, totally a job that's needed. But the mother would go around saying, my daughter's a teacher. And I'd go, sorry, where'd you get her BF from? And I could do that because I... Uh, I'm not supposed to know. I'm just playing dumb. I'm like, oh, where's she, where's she, where's she going to be at from? It's Canada. You have to have a Bachelor of Education. Yeah. And they go, oh, well, she's actually, oh, oh, okay. You said teacher, you're not, but your daughter's an early childhood educator. That's great. <laughs> and in front, But in front of the whole room, right? So it'd be like, basically, <laughs> oh. it's, no, no, just me going, no, no, don't say that. Be proud of a, 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 of a job they have. But if you have to inflate it, why are you inflating it? Because you don't think the job she does is good enough? Yeah, true. And it'd be like if, if your kid was a, a nurse and you said that they're a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, so Ethan, why would you do that? Why would, why would you do, you do that, that, Ethan? <laughs> I need to make it seem like we have real validity with the, you do with have, the film that, studies. You do, that you do. The thing is that you do have validity. You do. Oh, no. So I just say I'm a Cambridge student because no, I'm in I'm I meant his uni. Cambridge. I meant his uni. Has has validity. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My uni has validity. I I was making a joke, but well, it's just easy for me. Like, 
there's a word count on Twitter. Also, I was I was yeah, in, it, on you, a train. Oh, one sentence. That is Come not on. even an excuse. You, you wrote okay. one sentence. Two okay. more words. Ethan, Ethan has paid his penance. Now. Has, <laughs> I have the bigger face on the screen. <laughs> You're forgiven. Ethan. You're forgiven, buddy. <laughs> just having some fun. You're just poking it. Um, uh, also, it's a, it's a musical. Danny and Drew for the love. Oh. Ian from Bit Dead. Vern from Cinema Recall. Have a so wizard podcast. Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. When Harry met movie, said we are well worth your time. Oh, nice guys. Alex from Main Street Finance for the love and every recommendation he always does. Resident Posty Russell. Hey, Russell. Hey. Uh, he thinks Hackman's best performance is Unforgiven. At least I think that's oh. what he wrote. He actually wrote You Forgiven. Yes. There's a mistake. <laughs> think Russell, I want you to know that you are forgiven for making that mistake. You are. There you are. <laughs> We're not unforgiven. Uh, the Recasted Podcast. Some very nice words about our Crimson Tide episode. Uh, I, I think you should check out their episode on Indiana Jones, which is a franchise we haven't t- touched yet. Basically, they, oh. they do what I hate. <laughs> which is like they go like what if what if you had to recast this i'm like oh god it's my nightmare but 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 they went ahead and, and placed their cool for the for the movie we're not doing this week <laughs> but it's but it's like so it's they, they each pick it's two guys and they each pick like a cast of who they would recast it as and they put it out to the to their uh, fandoms yeah, yeah. Um, who who had the better job Okay, and so generally it's pretty good. Uh, I forgot which which one I voted for, but the other guy he picked the guy who lost. I thought was still in, he picked Martin Freeman as like a, a choice to play Brody. Remember Brody? Brody. Brody's the guy who gets lost in his own museum. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, Martin, yeah. Martin Freeman could be that. He guy. could. He, he could. could totally be that. Yeah. Guy. Do you know you had that role before uh, Harrison Ford? Probably. Do you know you had the role of um, Tom Selleck? Don't come yeah. at me. Don't come at me with this weak stuff. <laughs> do you know why? Uh, no. Oh, so you- <laughs> But I do know, because I've been watching reruns of uh, Magnum. Yep. And so I Google sometimes um, do different things. And um, he, was, he had the role. The role was his. Yep. But because they wouldn't release him from his contract with Magnum, yep. um, he couldn't do it. Yeah, which is very similar to the story about why uh, Pierce Brosnan couldn't get Bond. Oh, Remington Steel. Because Remington Steel and all the buzz made Steel more and more, more people more interested in that, and so they yeah, ruled yeah. with that. And now, uh, unlike Tom Selleck, though, Brosnan eventually gets to play Bond. Yeah. But yeah, so no, I saw the, the roast of George Lucas. Harrison Ford goes on stage and, t- and tells the whole story. Does he? About why he got the role of being uh, Han Solo. Oh. Yeah, not Han Solo. Uh, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also talks about the Han Solo role. So yeah, he's, uh, he, he's not okay there. Cool. So uh, we got Josh from next favorite movie, uh, who we love. He did a whole month with us, best yeah. month ever. Thanks yeah. a lot, buddy. Thank you. Uh, best, best, best month ever too. A best month boogaloo. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> best month boogaloo. Best month boogaloo. Um, Ray from NBC. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to go higher. You, usually, like you say, you say, Ian, I like it when you sing with me because my voice naturally goes to yours. Did, not not, not that time, time. I didn't. Let's try again. I say, Wait, try again. Okay, yeah. that's Ray from NBC. NBC. <laughs> so somehow, when it's closer, it's jarring. Third time, lucky. No, 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 no. No, let's. Uh, you emphasize the B that time. You see, that's the benefit. If you sign up to the Patreon, work. you don't have to hear this. That's the benefit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stu World Order, uh, who's, who I got to do an episode on with The Dark Knight Rises. And oh, I'd cool. forgotten, it was so long ago, I'd forgotten I even did it. So he, <laughs> he, he released it, and I went, I did? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I started eating on this. I'm like, you did? And I'm like, and then I went back and listened to it. He went, oh, I did. <laughs> so go check it out. Your voice. I, 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 I had a great time, and uh, Josh, the movie went, Where, Ian's everywhere. Ian is everywhere. 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 All, All around. around. <laughs> 
I love how we all did that. For me, I started that, but it's not even going to come up as like, I thought of that first. (laughs) Canada's own Step Taylor said, I called for Ethan's banisher from the age game, not the show as a whole. (laughs) He continues, funny, the age game did go off of a hitch this week, mind you. (laughs) (laughs) Not wrong. (laughs) Not wrong. Uh, Hermes for the love. Uh, He put forward a gift last week for Steeplechase, which I missed. Apologies, buddy. It was very good. He's very excited to listen to Django, though. He just watched again for like the hundredth time. It's one of his top five, he says. So, yeah. Um, uh, Imagine if you had a vote, Hermes. Imagine Imagine what that could have meant. Yeah. Uh, Life Talks of Aubrey Nicole again for the wreck and the love. Thank you so much. Yeetmeister, who says, Yeet! It took Ian reading my tweet to realize that I had made a typo. There's a mistake. That love podcast, literally for that love. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, Sandman <laughs> Stories presents for the love and the recommendation. Really appreciate that. Another Sandman new pod. Sandman Stories. That's Sand, Sandman. I like that. Yeah. And then a uh, friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. A Dwayne Smith. For saying he's COVID free and catching up. Uh, he says, I'm totally on the same page as Georgia. Nuclear weapons are stupid and I can't believe they exist or anyone will ever fire them. It does make for a better film, though. And that's what we're talking about. (laughs) Movies got a movie. And we are going to ask Julian a little bit about the one she gave Crimson Tide last week. The one. The The one. one. Who is the one? The Highlander. Julian. Uh, And then we had this week's week's, uh, gif of the week was Boy. Uh, Julene, Hermes, and Dwayne Smith all gave me the same gift, so they're all disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Davies had the best one. It was the best one anyway, and it was the only one to do that one, so thank you very much. Boy, oh boy, Ian Davies, you picked the right boy. <laughs> but there was no Jeff Probst gifts. No Jeff Probst. No. We went over. Um, I think because Americans are probably the ones making the majority of the gifts, and they don't. Plus, it's it's, it's an audible joke, and that's hard to do on a, yeah, on a visual you gift. Can, you can, like, Google Jeff Probst boy. and it- Does it show up? I don't know. Okay. So thank Maybe. you for saying we could Google it, but we don't know if there's actually any well, results. I'm going to find out. All right. Why not give us a review, Apple or Spotify? Five is our magic number. Five is the magic number. Let's talk about <laughs> Django Unchained, a 2012 American revisionist Western action film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Let's go around the virtual table. Ethan, you're going to be third on my list here. Georgia, oh. experience with Quentin Tarantino. Zero. This is the first time I'd seen anything. This was your first QT experience. It was, yeah. Did you find, what were you expecting? Were you, because we, we, we did kind of prepare you, I think. This was pretty much what I was expecting. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd seen, I've seen gifts and things from different bits and pieces and read stuff about his stuff. So I knew what I was expecting. I didn't expect it to be quite as cartoony as it was. What do you mean, hyper violent? Well, yeah, but like yeah. also the, <laughs> they're like the chirons and stuff. Like they're very cartoony. It's a, the, very. I don't know if I'd say cartoony. I'd say there's a sense of humor about it. Yeah, it came, sort of it came across to me as like yeah. as almost it's arty, isn't it? It's not even. It came across to me as almost childish. Oh really? Um, okay, okay. But I'm, I've only seen one, and it's I'm, 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 I'm going to so. keep okay, I'm gonna, We'll keep track of the number of childish things we see. And I'm going to keep coming back. I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with things to say childish or not childish. Okay, I'm just going to come back to well, you. No, I think no, no. This is going to be fun. It's going to be funny for the whole episode. Uh, Liam, <laughs> experience with uh, with with our own very own QT Quentin Tarantino. Okay, I've seen everything apart from the Kill Bills. Yeah, I haven't seen those. Jackie Brown. I haven't seen that. And there's one more. Have you seen Hateful Eight? Yes. Have you seen Reservoir Dogs? Yes. Oh, really? Yep. That's one of my favourites. Glorious Bastards? No. Oh, really? Okay. Not seen that. Okay. I knew there's one. There you go. Uh, 
In general, are you, are you a fan in general? Uh, yeah, uh, the first one I ever saw was Reservoir Dogs, and I just thought that was astounding. For at that time, it was like you'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, and because we'd never heard of him. Yeah, uh, he's just come out of nowhere, and then he follows that up with Pulp Fiction, virtually straight after, and True Romance, and you're just like, wow. Well, True Romance um, was the first thing he did, but he wrote that and, and, and gave us. He just sold, sold the script for it, basically. Oh, okay. And used the money for that to do Reservoir Dogs, basically. Well, some of I, that and some of that. I didn't realize until years later that True Romance, Reservoir Dogs, and Pulp Fiction are all the same story. Same universe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, we can talk. Hopefully, at some point, we'll do Reservoir Dogs and or Pulp Fiction. We'll definitely do Pulp Fiction at some point. Pulp Fiction is my favorite album. But the idea being that um, Michael Mann's character in Reservoir Dogs was supposed to return in Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. But he was busy doing something else. That's why they share a surname, Vega. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. There we go. Uh, Ethan, uh, you're going to, I mean, you're, you're, you're like a media student. So you're going to come up with this yeah, long history um, about, about <laughs> your, about the existential yeah. angst of Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. And the time, call, the time if anybody him. calls him Quentin, <laughs> I am going to rage on this one. So Quentin. His name is Quentin. Quentin. We've done really well so far. Shut up. <laughs> We've done really well. There's nothing worse. I'm sorry. I'm going to do my own little film boy rant here. There's well, nothing worse than boy. when I go ahead and listen to a film podcast and they call him Quentin Tarantino the whole time. It's Q-U-E-N-T-I-N. If you hear him talk about himself, he refers to himself as Quentin. So read and listen. It's all I'm asking. Ethan, so tell me about Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, so Quentin Tarantino. No, um, I'm going to make this as like revised as possible because obviously like I'm a, I was a film student and still am so like is it is it it's like cambridge you know? university right yeah <laughs> a cambridge yeah cambridge a, yeah, a, a cambridge university but no um as 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 a kid who wants to like study film i think every teenager has a quentin tarantino phase so i had my phase i'm like i'm gonna watch all of his films because he's a master of cinema and then i watched i like his stuff i really like his stuff i i watched reservoir dogs i think i've seen all of them bar like the second kill bill and maybe no i saw jackie brown uh, but like his his stuff's very, I enjoy as a teen, and I get to see some better stuff. But like I, I love uh, Inglorious Bastards, and Hateful Eight is probably my favorite because it's it's just a play. I love a play. It is a play. It was supposed to be a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love a good play. You someone Yeah, for someone who's so affected movies in his in his own way, he's not prolific, is he? As far as what he makes? Yeah, he's very... No, I think he's very much... And, choosy in what he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, which speaks to, hopefully, he never has to go, I was doing that one for a paycheck, or I didn't think that one through, I was too busy. Mm. So those are all good. I mean, he is... I mean, and, and, and he claims he's, he's going to finish a 10. Yes. He's done nine, I think. Mm. So, yeah. I Yeah, I thought... Um, Seems Once Upon though, a Time in Hollywood was the 10th at first, but I, he, st- he said he wants to do either like a horror or a Star Trek, or both of the <laughs> Star, yeah, there, there was a rumor for a while he was going to do yeah. it. He was doing R-rated Star Trek. Oh, really? Oh, if only. If only. <laughs> um, my Tarantino experience... I mean, I was the right age, as yeah. were you, Liam, yeah, when yeah. Pulp Fiction came out. I'm like 15, 14, 15. So it is like kind of like, you know, this I, idea... I, of, I wasn't even thought about... What, you... <laughs> You weren't even thought. <laughs> you said we were the right age. I went, oh, I didn't even thought about. Oh, okay. Um, I'm only 26. Oh, oh, there we go. I missed that part. Yeah. Sorry. That's that foggy, foggy brain of Foggy brain. It's the age, right? So there we go. Uh, so yeah, I was right. about, we, we, we were 15. I was about the right age. 14, uh, yeah. 15, and it was, yeah. This, it was this cool, you know, these characters who speak in like pop culture references and the dialogue feels natural. Yeah. But it's not, um, it's not just plot heavy. It's just the kind of conversations people really would have. 
in between what, doing things. What I love about it is he makes you um, like characters that you shouldn't like. There's elements of... Generally, in a, in a Tarantino movie, there are no heroes. No. There are elements of good and bad. You, you, you might have characters who you like, mm. but they're not good people. Yeah. <laughs> or, or some element about them, which yeah. is, which, which is a, a brutal f- failure. He makes violence look comedic. Oh, man. I don't know if this is the... St- we'll talk about it. Yeah. I don't know if this is the start of his hyper-violent third act phase. He does that, doesn't me- he? Like, I want to say... Pulp's, not, Pulp's very not violent compared to this. No. I think in Glorious Bastards, Glorious Bastards before, and that's like how yeah. much, how much violence can we begin with? Yeah, I but think- I, that one was at least that military base. You could sort of ex- explain yeah. that one. By the way, Juline, if we ever get talking about Glorious Bastards, like talk about historical accuracy on that one, and I will still go. <laughs> I like the movie, even though Hitler doesn't. You know how things happen in that movie isn't really. Are we are. When we get to the point, there will be spoilers then. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, yeah, leave it there. Anyway, so that's my perspective on Quentin Tarantino. It took us 108 episodes to get to our first QT film. Mm-hmm. We're just saying something, because some podcasts will burn through four or five in their first 20 episodes. Yeah. That's yeah. why I like us. <laughs> that's why I like yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's the idea being that, you know, there are those ones. You go, oh, they hit that, they hit that. So we, so we can be like every other film podcast out there. Well, that's what makes us different, right? That's what makes us different. Yeah. And I think the differences are what makes us unique. Yeah. Yeah. As well Better our, or for worse. As well as our voices. As Liam's sitting here, has purple hair today. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't yeah. had a chance to comment on that yet. It's it very is good. Purple, I like that it? color. Thank yeah. you. So, a film obviously by Quentin Tarantino. Um, let's go ahead and start with some context, shall we? So, in 2007, Tarantino discussed the idea of a spaghetti western set in the United States pre-Civil War Deep South. He called this film uh, a Southern, stating that he wanted to do movies that dealt with America's horrible past with slavery, but do them in a spaghetti western style. Not like a big issue movie. It's not like 12, 12 Years a Slave, for yeah, instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I which I really watch- like 12 Years a Slave. I don't know if I can watch that again. I have, yeah, I, that's a hard part. I can watch Django again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I've only, this is literally my second watching. I watched it once years ago. It's my second watch, too. I never really felt the need to go back and third watch or, it. Third yeah. or fourth for me, I think. But that's like scattered between the last month. So it was like 2015. Okay. Okay. For you, that would have been a long time ago, I guess. Uh, a long, long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Like for you guys, it's for us. I three, still, well, for I, you guys, that's like three weeks. Well, I said 2011 the other day on the pod. So there we <laughs> you go. You did. Um, so, um, so he says America's never really dealt with uh, with their past because they're just ashamed of it, and other countries don't deal with it because they don't have the right to. I think that's a good point. Mm. You know. Mm. Uh, Tarantino later explained about the genesis of the idea. He was writing a book about Sergio Corbucci when he came up with a way to tell this story, how the kind of this evil Wild West, a horrible Wild West, uh, which deals with fascism. So he's writing this whole piece and thinking, I don't know if Sergio was thinking this, but I know I'm thinking it and I'm going to do it. So he finished the script in April 2011 and handed it the final draft to the Weinstein Company. More on them later. Mm-hmm. In October 2012, frequent uh, Tarantino collaborator RZA said he and Tarantino intended to cross over Django with RZA's Tarantino presented martial arts film The Man with the Iron Fists. Something I can say I have not seen. I will never see. I've not seen either. But I expected it was on. You would watch it. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. The Man with the Iron <laughs> Fist. It sounds like a Liam movie. The Man with the Iron Fist. Yeah. Um, so one inspiration for the film is Corbucci's 1966 uh, spaghetti western Django, who star Franco Nero has a cameo appearance in Django Unchained. I did not catch this. I didn't. Yeah. I believe he's one of the first slavers we see. Oh, is I, really? I had... Um, I, I was using Prime, so everyone would be like, this is, the, this is the person it is. Here's some fun trivia. Okay. So it's, it's like one of the first slavers I think we see. 
Okay. It's either that or the mayor. So, principal photography began in California in November 2011 and went on for 130 days. Tarantino's longest shoot to date. Wow. And it was shot on 35mm film. Oh, old school. Tarantino is old school. He does not shoot on digital. He has openly said, if you make me shoot on digital, I will never make another film. Wow. He is that committed. When he does Hateful Eight, he shoots on 70 mil. Wow. Which is like no one shoots 70 um, mil. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not perfect. Because pixels are perfect. Yeah. yeah. But this has the bleeding that like film does. That's why that's a beautiful look. There's a beautiful film. Especially, I hate to say it, but on the big old TV screen we got here. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a beautiful yeah. film to watch. Well, Sorry, Ethan, go he ahead. He really respects like the craft to make like old style film with while well, still modernizing it. He did a tour when Hateful Eight came out. I remember of of showing like the original seventy millimeter of of that film like around America, and it it's just, it's incredible. Tell you what else was incredible while filming on location in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. There's a place name for you, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, Quentin Tarantino ran down to a local movie theater to show samurai and western movies from his own personal collection to the cast and crew. That's cool. That's cool, isn't it? Let's start with deep dive, shall we? And we start with Columbia. Yeah. You said it was a real woman? Yes, that's based on a real woman, yeah. There we go. And then the Weinstein Company, and I just go, oof. Yeah. You just can't. There's so much weight to it now, isn't there? 17 seconds in. Yeah. Um, Then we have the theme, and I love a Quentin Tarantino opening, because they're always heavily stylish. The songs chosen in a Tarantino film are part of the narrative. I think you said this when we were talking about it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. They are part of a narrative, and there's this old spaghetti western feel to it based on what we heard and yet we get this really interesting um sort of title sequence where we see Django played by well we'll talk about him in a minute um but as the camera occasionally like if if there's a Chiron saying someone's name (laughs) it will it will put Django out of focus yeah and then when the Chiron Mm -hmm. disappears it'll put Django back in focus and you know he's doing this like like prop he's planning the timing of the Chirons of a title sequence like as Mm -hmm. he shoots it yeah amazing he is amazing um should we talk about the score before we do that i love i guess the answer is no we shouldn't no i just i just wanted to ask because you keep saying it and i don't actually know what it means what is a spaghetti western spaghetti western is a style of western movie that came out of italy wasn't it 50s and 60s Late 50s, yeah. early 60s yeah. yeah and they were a lot of them were shot in italy and they were shot really really quick and just mass produce. So the quality would be kind of, and they're very kind of predictable in their sort of right. scope. But generally, if you fell out of fame in North America, if you're really desperate for a buck, Mainly like, like pop stars now would go put out a Christmas album. Yeah. <laughs> Movie stars would go be in spaghetti westerns. And none of that. <laughs> TV stars would to, to get yeah, back, yeah. to break into movies. Yeah, which is what Clint Eastwood which is, And it's also a huge part of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Should you get I a was about to, watch to that. say yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So and also, he, in the spaghetti western, the very first time you ever see somebody shoot from the hip and someone falls through a shot. Oh, it's really? It's all done in one shot, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's the first time you see it is in a spaghetti western. So, um, the score was uh, done by Ennio Morricone, I'm going to guess. Ennio yeah. Morricone. Yeah, yeah. Ennio? Okay, Ennio Morricone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I adore this man. I have um, I have the Hateful Out vinyl because he's probably one of my favorite scorists. Or composers. 
Compor- yeah, compor- composer. <laughs> I'm having a really rough Chorus. time tonight. <laughs> Must be one of those fancy Cambridge words I teach you. <laughs> yeah. You can tell my degree's going really well. Oh, bless you, buddy. Uh, um, but he said, um, after this film, composer Ennio Morricone said he would probably never again collaborate with Quentin Tarantino because he didn't like the way he places music in his film without coherence. And there's a lot of that, where most people would keep move music going, Tarantino just stops it. Yeah. Why? To yeah. show you he can, and it rips you from your immersion. So here's the thing. When I watch Pulp Fiction, when we talk about Pulp Fiction, uh, whenever we do that, I'll say it in, in more detail. But I think a lot of times the joy in watching a Tarantino film doesn't come from the watching. It comes from the rewatching. Yes. And when you rewatch it, you appreciate how it's made as a product. Yeah. You go, this is so clever. It's really well constructed, kind of what we do when we analyze films. You go, oh, this is great because of what it does here, 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 and here. And I'm not entirely sure as, as someone who watches films if that's really supposed to be the end, end, end goal. That you have to watch it a second time to really get it. And I don't mean maybe, like in like Howl's Moving Castle, the film is broken and you have to know this information. Maybe he wants you to not be bored of the movie. So you get a first watch, yeah. which is different to your second watch. And I don't second mean, watch you appreciate. And I don't mean like the prestige where there's a first watch and a second watch and they're both very different. But it's not, it's, it's a different kind of appreciation on those. I don't mean that. I mean the idea that you go, oh, just how it's going to, as a product, like, oh, I like how the music stops there. That's not conventional. Only Tarantino does this, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you only know that as time goes on, though. Yeah. Um, and so he also said he never gave enough time to the music and he had an issue with that. And then apparently, I guess he must have got over it because they collaborated on The Hateful Eight, um, which Morricone does win an Academy Award for that. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's his best one. What, Hateful Eight? His best score, I think. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's good the score I'll say this the score is better in Hateful Even than it is in this although I do like the score in yeah. this yeah. Uh, we get told it's 1858 two years before the Civil War it's cold and the slaves are approached by a wagon and the wagon's got this giant tooth on a spring <laughs> so it could look ominous but this giant tooth on top of it just strips it of your ability to take this seriously at yeah, which exactly, point then yeah. I want to go to Georgia who's never seen this before and gone what were you thinking I was so confused because all I knew about this film, I didn't know it was, I didn't know where it was set. I didn't know what it was going to be about. I had no idea other than the title and that I might not like it. So when this cart rocks up with a tooth on a spring, I'm going, eh? (laughs) Am I allowed to laugh? Like, what is this? I was so confused because I had no idea that this was anything other than potentially really quite dark and gory. It felt very tongue and teeth. Jeez. Uh, oh, tell me the tooth, Ethan. Do you go to Cambridge University? <laughs> we'll find out one day. Uh, let's meet. We meet Dr. King Schultz, played by Christoph Waltz. Uh, he turned down the role when he first got the script. Really? He felt it was too close to him. Oh. He's like, okay, you're writing me. Yeah, this is yeah, what yeah. you're doing. You're, and it felt very Christoph Waltz. Like, very, yeah. very Christoph Waltz. Like, the guy's not really having to try that much, I don't think, here. No, Just no, keep no. in mind, the last time he did a Tarantino, he was like, you know, missed the not the Nazi. Yeah, that's every idea. Is that the idea that you've yeah. done? You've done the Tarantino film already because he just come off yeah. of winning the Academy Award for uh, um, Glorious Bastards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh. So then it comes to this, but Tarantino insisted and would not take no for an answer. Waltz agreed under one condition: his character had to be pure and never once acted in a negative or evil manner. Tarantino hand him, uh, sent him a handwritten letter back that simply said. Of course, mine hair. Oh, Q. Walt sent a telegram back. Mine hair. Of course, CW. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Christoph Waltz, uh, the, the 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 wagon, which kind of disappears halfway through the movie. It does, but get blown up then. Yeah. What's the point of having the wagon then to start with? 
Yeah. Funny. Because you well, need he, that he coming into the scene, doesn't, don't you? It's his way of transporting bodies, isn't it? Uh, not because they had pack horses later on in the movie for that. Yeah, but that's what they that's what they use it for to begin with. That's a great argument. The other argument could be that Christoph Waltz dislocated his pelvic bone while training for the part. He alluded to the injury, stating riding a horse wasn't much of a challenge. Falling off was. Waltz's injury <laughs> necessitated that Dr. King Schultz's early scenes on horseback be accommodated by a horse-drawn wagon instead. The first 40 minutes is almost all wagons. But that tooth thing on the top, though, just... <laughs> oh, to talk about taking, like, something you had to, like, do a workaround and making it work yeah, for make you. Make it work. That yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. Because when that comes into the scene and you see it coming into the scene, that does have a comedic feel to it. So if they, he hadn't had fell off them horses... You wouldn't have that in the first place, would you? No. After Christoph Waltz was thrown off his horse and broke his pelvis, Jamie Foxx gave him a gift to make him feel better about riding a horse, a saddle with a seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling Jamie Foxx would be a lot of fun to be on a movie set with. I really don't like him. I know you don't, but I still yeah. think, based on that, it'd be a lot of fun to be on yeah, a movie yeah, set with. Yeah, I guess. Um... He's looking for the Speck brothers. This would be uh, Dr. King Schultz looking for the men. So he says, I'm looking for men who were purchased at a recent slave auctions. And he looks at the slaves and goes, hello, you poor devils. Is there one of and he's so likable? So likable. Is there one of you from the Carrican plantation? And then one speaks. And so I guess we figured out there's probably the guy whose name's on the poster. And he goes, Dr. Schultz goes, what's your name? And he goes, Django. And he goes, ah, and you're the, exactly the one I'm looking for. And the whole time, I mean, the Speck brothers are doing a great job with these cutaways, ser- selling fear and tension, and this feels a little bit too good to be true. What um, I love about this, he never raises his voice in any of no. it. No. Uh, then we meet Django, uh, played by Jamie Foxx. Uh, other actors up for this were Michael K. Williams from The Wire. Oh, oh, rest in peace. Yep. And uh, Will Smith from Hitch. Oh, okay. Thought I go a hitch. Um, we're concerned to go Bangkok. Will Smith turned it down because it wasn't the lead. Oh, the more I learn about Will Smith, the less I like about oh, Will Smith. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's more gravity. Woo! In, <laughs> there's more gravity in this part than he's probably ever had. Yeah, I, to be fair, I don't think he's the actor to play this part. I think he, I don't think he, I don't think he can play this part. No, so they dodged. This isn't a, they dodged a bullet there. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> isn't a role where you need like an ego to be like, I want to be the lead because there's there's an importance you need to portray here, and you can't focus on you, you, you. Django Unchained. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> Aha! I don't know. It's Will Smith, isn't it? It is. Um, he told Entertainment Weekly, Django wasn't the lead, so it was like, I need to be the lead. The other character was the lead. I was like, no, Quentin, please. I need to kill the bad guy. I thought it was brilliant, just not for me. Why did he need to kill the bad guy? I think Will Smith's ego is, is about the size of Philadelphia. Jeez. Born and raised. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not just West Philadelphia. No. Well, I say smile <laughs> Uh Have you heard there's a new Fresh Prince... Um, it's dark and gritty. Yeah, it's like dark and gritty. It does for like the Will Smith storyline what like uh 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 what's the name? R- Riverdale does for Archie Comics. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's like he's like yeah. Like it's like it's not like I got in one little fight. It's like it's like they're like like pe- pe- people died. So he gets sent to Bel Air. <laughs> I got in one drive-by. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's that kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what wow. other sitcoms can we make dark and gritty? Uh What if you did like a stalker how much your mother <laughs> Kids, I'm going to tell you a story. The story of how I met your mother. 
That's just really creepy. <laughs> <do that> again. <laughs> but you still get the cheery like. There's just like this laugh track, but it's like completely <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> I have... Laugh tracks are like slightly slowed down, so they sound really creepy. Yeah. Like... Have you met Ted? <laughs> <laughs> it's not slowed down. It's a little bit. It's a little bit the other way. It's yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> and it just the reason and it just stops like, like out of nowhere. So we can send him to prison. Um, oh, dude. So Cuba Gooden Jr. really wanted to do the role. I could see him doing it, but oh. QT wouldn't consider him. According Why? to Gooding, it's his biggest disappointment in cinema. Uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. I mean, he's famous for. He's really like. He's really likable. Is he really? Yeah, Does he, he have credibility? Got, he ain't got that edge, has he? I don't think so. No, he's got that likability about him, but he's, but he's not uh, got that edge. Yeah. Even in um, when, 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 OJ, he, when he gets his, he doesn't have like a mean streak, and no, he's well, just very. When he gets his big bounty, it show me <laughs> the <laughs> money. <laughs> he was in a western, though. Was he? Yeah, he was in Lightning Jack, I think, with Paul Hogan. And I'm feeling that wasn't oh. a serious part. No, 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 no. He played a mute, so he didn't have any lines. <laughs> oh, um, it sounds like George's dream role. She likes to just react and not have lines. Good at it. Yep. Um, <laughs> so Dr. Schultz uh, has a gun pulled on him by one of the Speck brothers, and he just goes, did you get carried away with your gesture, or are you pointing your weapon at me with lethal intent? It is a great word with words. Again, yeah. at this point, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be laughing at this film. <laughs> so and then, really and then he shoots one of them. He shoots the other brother. No, no, he shoots the one who had the gun drawn. He let his guy go out, doesn't yeah. he? He shoots the one guy, and then he shoots the bro- the other brother's horse. Yeah, in the head. Oh, screw! Like we're like two minutes into the film like proper that. at this point. No. no horses were harmed in the making of this film. I got no problem with a character who shoots, shoots a character of a horse. Mm. I got no problem with that. I don't like. I don't. I, I love animals. So, like, you can only do it like once in a. Yes, I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, shoot the horse. I'm conflicted no, about I know, like the but first my reaction, time that I see. I know it's not real, but my reaction is. Oof, really? Yeah, I get you, but you it's know what? Strange that he was like, my character can't do anything bad, and then like the first thing we see him do is shoot a man, then shoot a horse. Because, no, because yeah. he's, he's a reason I'm for it. Though. I know the man. He has a reason for it. He ha- So I used to teach media studies, and in the A level, part of it was about video games and postmodernism and stuff like that. So I would bring in a PlayStation. I would put on Red Dead Redemption. I said, you can do whatever you want, but you have to be open to <sighs> us Red explaining. Ethan, why do you do the whisper thing, buddy? It's really hard to hear. <laughs> Just say I like I like Red Dead Redemption. I love Red Dead Redemption. Awesome, cool. Oh, I love Red Me Dead. Me too, buddy. And so, I read that too. And yep. Yeah. And so I said, you can do whatever you want. But you have to tell me what why you're doing it, or be open to questions. And so, sure enough, we get started. And about three seconds in, the whole class of course starts to shoot the horse, shoot the horse. And you would never do this in real life. You no, would never you shoot a horse. No. But it's like, what are the rules that we can break? Because we are in this artificial world where things don't really matter, and it's not really indica- indication of what you really would do. Okay, it's a bit like where what um, doing. Grand Theft Auto, isn't it? You, you, the first thing you want to do is pull someone off a bike, don't you? Yeah, you'll steal someone's car. <laughs> or, 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 you just punch a or random person off the police, don't you? Just, punch, just, punch, punch, just punch. so you get chased. Yeah, what can I do? <laughs> can I get away? Yeah. And yeah. so I, I don't mind a character who does this because that's what films are. Films take me to places where 
the, the sort of the real constraints of the real world don't apply. Now I still get to go. I don't like that. That's not a real thing. No. But I, the fact that I, there's a universe where these things can still happen. Just like there's a word that gets used in this film that I oh. would not approve of. Oh God! But I think you have to have racist characters, and including in that idea about having racist characters, I think the idea of having a racist character use that word needs to still be something we can go to as storytellers. But isn't that weird? How it pricked my ears to start with, but by the end of it, I was like numb it's, to it. It's a little scary how you just yeah yeah yeah. So it's weird. Well, South Park it? did an episode like that. Now it wasn't it wasn't a racial slur. It was a swear word. Yeah, but they counted it, and they went after a while. It just kind of gets old. Yeah, you kind of lose it, loses its power, loses the gravity of it. Doesn't now, it? I'm not saying that, that word loses its power. Far from it. But as far as the first time you hear, you go, whoa, whoa. You, you do, and then at the end, it's like, okay, it's the whatever time this has happened. Yeah, and if you think, I'll be real. and if you think, Ian, you don't really have a final total of how many times it was said. Oh, you bet I do. <laughs> oh, I do. I counted you during the film as well. You can't. Oh, I just, I just let someone else do the counting for me. And you know, you w- can Google the these things because yeah. Google doesn't. Oh lie. no, I, I know I can. I just got really. Oh, yeah, Google, Google does lie on the age game occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just got, I, I just got really frustrated. No, um, Google only lies to Ethan. What was the total? Oh, well, it's, we will say at the end. It's going to be part uh, of. It's going to uh, be part uh, of when okay. we have Julian on. I just know that people, you know, are screaming at me, going or at us. Why is it all? But I believe, like I said, till the end. I think you have to have a situation where you can have racist characters, and that racist character, I think we still have to be able to go to the place where we go, this is a terrible human being, rather than, if he'd sugarcoated it, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, but everything should be open to interpretation on film, because if you, you censor anything, how is that free media and tell that's story. fine but how as long as story, the filmmaker is, how is that storytelling here you, but the filmmaker then still has to be re- responsible for what they put out yeah yeah, yeah 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 so can you justify why you have done this yeah and tarantino has come under fire for his frequent use of the n-word in the scripts yeah okay so where were we we're way off the beaten path here mine was all right we were like, just shooting did you get carried away we, oh you shoot the horse yeah uh, at, at which point he's like, okay. He goes, look, it was quite simple. You know, your brother pulled a gun on me, so I did that. I'm sorry, shooting your horse, but I had to keep you steady. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to buy Django. <laughs> Everything is matter of fact. Yeah. And he's like, if you could keep your caterwauling down to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> which he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Which, of course, you wouldn't. No. And but I love the fact he still pays him. <laughs> yeah. And this is why Django's got worth. He's the only one who can ID these brothers that uh, Schultz is looking for. So then he pays for Django $125. How much is that worth in today's money? Yeah, that must have been low. I mean, that must be what? Today's money. Six grand? Six grand? I'm say 20. Not a claim. 20 grand. Just shy of 5,000. 45.85. I thought it would be more. <laughs> My Will Smith. <laughs> there you go. Um, and he hands the gun off to another slave. And he just says, here, hold the gun. And, 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 the, on him. and the slave's like, what? Is he, really, is he really doing this? And this is why Schultz is great, because Schultz go, believes you're not going to shoot me because I'm going to treat you. And that's kind of respect. his gimmick. Is The whole way he's treated all of them like, like, like respect. Yeah. Sorry, with respect. Um, and so he goes ahead and he says, why don't you get the coat off that one? And he goes, don't you, you know, don't you take my brother's coat. At which point, Jamie Foxx like walks up and just like like puts his foot like right on his broken leg. Then he, he put it on the, it on the horse. horse. Oh, on the horse! Yeah. The horse on his leg. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Uh, and so then, just before he leaves, he's got Django sort of ready on a horse, and uh, he goes to the remaining slaves and says, "As for you, poor devils, you got two options. You can carry him, and uh, it's about thirty miles, and you can take care of him and hope that he'll, you know." 
be good to you once it's done. Or I can leave my gun here. You can shoot them, bury them deep, and uh, head north to a more enlightened part of the country. <laughs> he says, by the way, guys, that, that, that star there, that, 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 that's just the North Star. Just thought I'd share that with you. And off he goes. <laughs> yeah. How can you not like Schultz? He's it's great. hard not to, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, George, at this point here, what's your viewpoint on Tarantino still? Because it's a mix of moods, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I, I really didn't know what to expect. I had no idea that there was it, that it could be even slightly comedic, which is why mm. I think it. I was so taken aback by the first few scenes because I went, "Oh, oh, it is. It's funny. It's not." Yeah. I, I, no one had ever told me that Quentin Tarantino films weren't just dark, gritty Batman films. He's Wait, never, what? He's never done a Batman. He's never done a Batman film. No, I know, but they're like Batman, aren't they? No. No, that's, no, that's what my perception of Quentin Tarantino films were going to. Like, like, no, hang on, hang on. Batman and Robin don't get into the Batmobile, and they're like, "What? What, what did you have for dinner last night?" Oh, I went to this new uh, to this new location. Oh, yeah, what did you have? I had a Royale with cheese. A Royale with cheese. No, my perception of Quentin Tarantino Carol. films, having you know never seen one and only ever heard about them, was that they were going to be like Dark Knight, like that they were going to be really dark and gritty and very little enjoyable about them and they weren't it wasn't i love you robin i love you bruce wayne <laughs> everybody be cool this is a robbery <laughs> everybody be cool this is a robbery all right of you i want the joke Batman is like the, um, it's like stuck in the middle with you but no, it's yeah. not that's the that's my point i'm making it's not i thought it was going I, to be I want, why because uh, i'd never i didn't know anything about quentin tarantino films Other I so want, so, had told but just me, out of nowhere you went Batman. No, I want Tarantino like, to do a Batman not movie. Like this, it's quite dark and gritty. My brain goes to the Dark Knight. No, I was going for like Train Spotting and just going. You don't like things that are kind of hyper violent out there. Well, no, because this My- is silly hyper violence. Okay, this is the blood spurting three feet in the air. All right, it doesn't actually, all right. That's fine. The Dark Knight is as dark and gritty as a smudge on my bathroom tile. I hate like, the Dark Knight. Compared to half the. <laughs> all right, so. Um, Let's no, continue. You don't. They, so, because I'm Batman, they they leave, and there was this great focus pull though from the remaining slaves to the brother who's been left. Yeah, uh, brilliant. But we go to Daughtry, Texas, and they arrive in a two shot, and they're side by side, fifty percent of a screen each, which suggests equality. Yeah. Which, of course, done fly in pre-U.S. Civil War American South. No, 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 no. Um, as does the horse, because you know they, they 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 say a different term, but they say they haven't seen a black man on a horse before. Why also like is um. Uh, if Jamie Foxx is to the right of him. Yep. Like he's his right-hand man. Well, he's to the right from our perspective. No, he's to the left of our perspective. I'm sure he's on the right-hand side of the screen. Are you sure? Positive. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I am swear he turns up on the left. Check from it out. Our, Get a hold of us, folks. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and... <laughs> okay. Because I remember thinking halfway through, I thought, cool, yeah, nah, I'm, that- I'm like 100% sure he's on the right oh, okay. side. Yeah. Because uh, they, they would keep those sides. You can hear most that the movie, for me if you want. Most of the movie long. There's a bit where he would actually, there's a part where he is on the right, but it's not that point. Oh, okay. Um, no, I'm not going to for that. Because uh, it's on the left, not on the right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they go to the bar and he wants to get him a beer and the the, sheriff, uh, the bartender like runs scared into the street. Sheriff, sheriff, you get the, get the sheriff, not the marshal. And I'm like, there's going to be some reason for that, isn't there? And of course there was. Uh, there's a great uh, double act um, in that um, Schultz acts oblivious to all the things that Django's not allowed to do because he's black. Django acts as like he's aware of everything, everything he's not supposed to do. And somewhere in the middle, we have this really weird kind of 
like partnered friendship. What I love also is Schultz or Schultz? Schultz. Schultz. What I love about him is he seemed to know where everything is going. He knows all the chess pieces yep. before they happen. But there's just that uncertainty who's going to shoot first if that all goes. That's why he says, don't do any sudden movements. You know, he's got everything figured out. He's like a master detective. It's one of the many ways which this movie reminds me of Batman. <laughs> do you know who else Schultz reminds me of? Um, Doc Brown. Why? Why? Because <laughs> he's old. No, because he's like friendly and is a bit wacky and is just lovely and it just reminds me of Doc Brown. Great Scott. <laughs> Einstein, get over here. <laughs> well, you, you could imagine Doc Schultz doing no, that. No, I can't. Like, hey, dog, come over here. Wait, could I imagine Christoph, Christoph Waltz playing Doc Brown? Yes, I could do that. Could I imagine Christopher Lloyd doing anything like this? Not on your life. No. No. Just sharing my opinion. That's what this is for. <laughs> keep sharing. Keep, keep sharing. Sh- yeah. Um, you're going to write one of these times. Uh, <laughs> and so there's a great double. Oh, we said that already. Uh, Schultz we find that is a bounty hunter. And this is great because as Django asks questions, we get to be informed. It's a nice exposition uh, device. Schultz, the bounty hunter. Uh, Django doesn't really learn from him. And he goes, um, I do kind of own you. And he goes, I'm going to make this slavery malarkey work to my benefit. But still, I feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Which is important because we need him to be the good guy still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we still need it to sort of work within the confines of the time and the era, I guess. Well, at he, least for he, now. He needs him. Yeah. He? So he says, I'm looking for the Brittle Brothers. You travel with me, we kill them. I'll give you your freedom and 75 bucks. Which isn't bad. If if 125 was almost five grand, yeah. about three thirty five hundred. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, the sheriff comes, and then Schultz shoots him in the stomach, and then he goes, no walks hesitation. around, and the whole the whole town's like, what? And then he walks over, and he shoots him in the head, and then you give it a beat, and this woman in the background just, just faints, faints. <laughs> and Georgia laughed, and it was like this, okay, this is Tarantino. This is that walk between things that should be tragic yeah. and things that are funny, and often they're paired against each other. I love that she fell. Um, so we then... Uh, and he says, now you can go with the marshal. And the marshal comes, and there's like a hundred guns pointed at them after a smash cut. And he goes, he just sort of from inside the the, 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 the tavern, Schultz goes, is, is it the marshal I have the pleasure of addressing? <laughs> and he's so well-spoken. Do I have your word not to shoot me down like a dog in the street? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I won't shoot you down like a dog. I'd hate to rob the hangman. So he goes over to Django and says, no, no sudden movements. Let me do the talking. And if I'm if I'm Django, I'm like, you do all the talking because I don't know what you've done here. No. And so it turns out the sheriff was a wanted criminal. Uh, he's, you know, he was a member of a gang and he moved over here, became the sheriff. So he finishes with the marshal. In other words, you owe me $200. Do you know that wasn't uncommon in the Wild West? Oh, because you can go reinvent yourself. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. a lot of... Viking lames. Like, I don't know, I've never seen it. But, I mean, it's it was proven that even, like, Wyatt Earp was a bit of a, yeah. a Roman back in his day. Well, you, you had to be a hard-ass guy yeah. to, to protect the town. And I think you have, if you're a part of, like, a control, one of those ways, you got two ways you can do it. you got to do it for evil, or you can try and reinvent yourself and do it for good. Yeah, and most of them were crooks, turned, Turn, turned good. There you go. Um, they camp for the night, and we find a little bit about Django's backstory. He wants to find his wife to buy her freedom. He was purposely sold separate from his wife. We get a flashback to when he was sold. And it's super orange. I don't know. Ethan, you probably noticed this. Like the saturation uh, just goes like super yeah, orange yeah, in the flashback. Yeah, I want to show you the difference. And it seems really, really gray back then. I don't know if the orange is, is, is just the, the romanticism of them being together or if it's the heat or if it's, I don't know what it was. 
but it was very maybe very, it's just to give a different distinction of maybe. time. His wife's name is Broomhilda. Um, we find out that she speaks a little German. Uh, she was given the name Broomhilda by her previous owners. Um, and we flash back to the wife a little bit more there and her getting whipped. And that's, that's, that's a hard scene. Oh, Yeah, that was difficult to watch. But yeah. also because I just found out that her name was Broomhilda and I watch a lot of Sims videos on YouTube and famously the maid who is a skeleton who like comes out if you invite her out and build the right thing is called Bonehilda and it's all I could hear for the first like half an hour of the film. But it's very specific jokes, so you know. What's your, whichever one person out there is familiar with that. <laughs> They're laughing their ass off. Hey, I have written jokes and pantomimes for like one or two people. Yeah. It's just hidden there. Like if someone gets it, it's great. Even if they don't, I'm happy with it. There. I'm going to make That's no fine. bones about it. There we are. Um, and so we... Um, and we have we have like Django in the flashback. He's like really articulating and explaining why you don't want to whip her. Whip me instead because she's no good as a house service servant if you do this. I would be. So go ahead and whip me instead. Yeah. And uh, you see, and then the, the close-up and the pain, and it's very, and then running through the woods. It's all very well layered together and uh, gets you the idea about why he's, uh, about the pain they've been through mm-hmm. and the pain they're burying. Yep. And then Schultz explains, look, when we go to these places, we're going to have to... Basically, he says, here's what acting is. And I kind of love stuff like this, where you go to a guy who I think at this point, Jamie Foxx had won his Academy Award. for. Yes, he had. He had won his Academy Award for Ray at this point. Okay. So you've got one Academy Award winner explain to another Academy Award winner <laughs> what acting about was. what acting is and having to commit to a character. <laughs> which, which, this is, I don't think this is, this is unintentional. I think Tarantino's doing this. Oh, okay. I totally think he's doing this. Two guys he's who had recently, yeah, two guys who had recently just won um, Academy Awards, like in Pulp Fiction, he has, um, he has uh, Uma Thurman call John Travolta Cowboy and he oh, calls like her urban cowboy yes and he calls her cowgirl because she'd done some movie where she was in a western as well oh, and it's okay. like if you're if you're aware of it enough you're going they're just referencing to this back, back imdb page yeah. is all they're doing here so it's brilliant so uh, i think it's totally intentional travolta said that was one of the best sets he'd been on oh that was the most expensive set but no, back to this film no i meant um urban cowboy oh really okay one sorry of the most yeah. fun times he'd had um so he says you can choose your character's clothes and he comes out wearing <laughs> something that tom cruise would wear in interview with the vampire i love it i love this shot it's he doesn't great. he doesn't wear it for very long but it's there uh ethan what was your thoughts buddy uh it looked like the the austin powers like blue suit that wrong. he wears that in all of great. his films the sort of crushed velvet Liam- yeah yeah, when Liam said Tom Cruise, my first thought went to the third Austin Powers, where he like he he's in the cameo. As well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's the score into the reveal. These glorious blue duds. He's had a haircut and he looks great. He does. Yeah. Um, and so the costumes were designed by costume designer Sharon Davis, who said most of the costumes were based on, of course, spaghetti westerns. Sharon. Sharon. Ren is it? S-H-A-R-E-N, Sharon. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't know how to pronounce Sharon. it. It could be Sharon. It could be, yeah. I don't know. Um, and then we go to Tennessee, and then we meet Colonel Sanders wannabe, Mr. Bennett's <laughs> Big Daddy, played by... Don Johnson. Now, who's John Johnson, Liam? Don Johnson is a guy that used to be married to Melanie Griffiths, and he was also in Miami Vice back in the day. He was in Miami Vice back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Is Don Johnson, is that him in Snatch? Have you seen Snatch? I have a long way. Is he ago. the guy who's like anything to declare? Yeah, don't go to England. Oh no, that's Dennis Farina, I think. I can't remember. Yeah. I've only seen it once. But anyway, Don Johnson here, and he looks like Colonel Sanders. He does. Um and he doesn't like Django on the horse. 
Oh, he doesn't. Um, he says, you know, this might be, he might be a free man, but not on my property. On my property, he doesn't, he doesn't ride a horse. And I, I struggled with this, but I think it's because he was didn't want to give the other plantation people the idea of they can become above their station, maybe? Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. It gives a sense of... I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but I don't, you know, Leo has that speech about what's, there's three times as many black people as white people on this plantation. Yeah. Why, why don't they kill us? Yeah. And I think it's the idea because they don't think it's a possibility. Oh, I, and things like this is what in, gives uh, brings them possibility. So if you don't, if you don't continuously, you know, yeah, if you don't continuously remind them of sort of the, the power dynamic, then... And but elevating this gives illusions of oh you know it's like you know a much more wholesome way of saying it would be if you've ever seen um, uh, a Knight's Tale. Yep. Where it's like, is it true? Can a man really change his stars? Uh, you know, it's that kind of idea, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, Schultz says the the premise of why they're there is he wants to buy a female slave for five grand, which is kind of his move. I'm going to offer to spend too much money on something that's not worth that much. Mm-hmm. That'll gain me entry while we, we figure out what we really want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go ahead and uh, they're going to show Django around. So I don't think Django's allowed in the house. And Schultz insists, but keep in mind that my Django is to be treated like 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 a free man. He's not to be treated like a slave. Mm-hmm. And so the um, the woman who's supposed to be showing him around goes. So does that mean I should treat him like 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 white people? <laughs> and and Schultz nods his head, but Big Daddy goes, "Nope." Without a beat, <laughs> it's a great visual joke. It is. And then they explain, "No, just don't treat him like a slave, but don't treat him like a white person. Treat him like a like a." damaged white person's kind of oh he mentions that. that guy in town doesn't he i don't know who he was but i think it's supposed to be some but, guy yeah, yeah 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 um and so then we go to uh we find out because as um jangles walk around with this woman she finds out that there's three brothers there it must have changed their name but it's the three brothers they're looking for he has a flashback remembers that it uh well, it is one, the one three brothers the patch, doesn't he? one is the eye patch another one he's from lost i wish i remember what his character's name was on lost but i was like hey he's from lost <laughs> you always do play a bad guy don't you um, that would be the kind of the, the big one who was in charge. Oh, uh, he's got that not the last him. one, but the one who was sort of yeah. yeah ordering look. So in this case, it was the guy whipping. Uh, so um, they end up he's whipping this poor girl because she dropped some eggs. Yeah. yeah. Maybe next time you think of that before he drops some eggs, I'm like, jeez. Um, so Django's got a bit of a trigger finger, which, which we learned throughout the movie. He's got a hard time controlling it. Um, he shoots one, whips another one to his death. And then the, by the time they get out, Schultz is like, what have you done? Oh, is there, oh I killed the first two. Is the third one. Is that one? Are you positive? And he goes, it depends. What do you mean it depends? Depends on what positive means. <laughs> yeah, he's got no idea what positive means. It means he's sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Bang, he's dead. And an impressive shot from, from, from quite a ways away. Basically, Big Daddy comes out. And everybody comes up with guns blazing. And we have the same thing as last time. Yeah, yeah, a standoff type. What you don't realize is, if I can get the warrant, here's here's what I'm doing. I'm a bounty hunter. They're all wanted. There we go. You jumped over one of my favorite jokes, which is when after he's dead, he goes, I'm positive he's dead. Because <laughs> yeah. he's just letting me into the word. Uh, then comes a really weird side little scene here. Uh, I never thought I'd write this in one of my notes, but cue the Ku Klux Klan. 
Um, <laughs> the <lynch. laughs> Big Daddy wants to attack Schultz and Django, and it's a brilliant score as they all kind of come down with their hoods and the, and the fire. And the fire against the night sky. It's just it's, it's, it's just a visual. It shows. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the reason they used um, uh, sheets over themselves was because to fear to, to make it have fear in, in you because you see a motionless face. You know, you you don't you can't identify anybody. Well, it's anonymity, so you're both yeah. anonymous, but there's also a huge horde of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, it's also cow- that it's also cowardice. Yeah. yeah, it is very. But but and so what they do is that they show how stupid they are by using mockery here. It's clever, and it's the idea that the eye holes don't line up. And as you think about it, you go, actually, that would be really difficult to do <laughs> because riding a horse, it'd be moving around in your head. How are you seeing through this thing? And so the first one to take his, and so you get a pop, of course, because the first one to take his 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 uh, hood off besides Big Daddy is Jonah Hill. Yeah, and you're instantly yeah. ripped from the film, and you go, "It's Jonah Hill," which is the point of it. Yeah, and it's only, it weakens it. It makes it funny. It does, and it encourages us to laugh at them. And he's only in it for that bit. Yeah, that's it. Which is great. It's really close to the halfway point, so you get your sort of somewhat breather from. What you're about oh, to experience. Liam was still awake, so it was nowhere near, it was nowhere near the halfway point yet. <laughs> we were at ten minutes in. <laughs> um, I said somewhere, somewhere near. near right. Uh, they, um, so Django, it turns out, is underneath the wagon, and Schultz shoots the wagon because his knee or ankle, or whatever it was, is healed up now. And uh, it blows up, and then Django shoots Big Daddy from fifty paces, and we find out he's a natural. At which point, he better be a natural, Schultz, because you offered up the shot. You did, yeah. Like, but wh- then again, Sh- Schultz, 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 Schultz. Schultz made the show. I want to say Schultz because of like Dwight Schultz. No, it's Schultz. Schultz. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think he's such a good marksman. Anyway, he would have been able to get him anyway from a distance. Yeah. Um, there were Jonah Hill had been offered a part in the film, bigger, but he couldn't make it because he was in the watch. Uh, a part. Oh, no. Another part was offered to Sasha Baron Cohen. Really? But he was off shooting Lemes. Oh, well, Couldn't make it work. I can understand why. Then. Joseph Gordon-Levitt said he would have loved, loved, loved to have been in the film, but couldn't appear because he was supposed to star in and direct Don John. Have you ever seen Don John? Yeah. Him and, him and, him and ScarJo? No, I'm thinking of the wrong thing. It's not very good. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, okay. I'm learning from the people that turned this down. They didn't really do it for the best because the watch is awful. Uh, Kevin Costner was supposed to be in at one point. Oh, cool. To play a character called uh, Ace Woody. And uh, that part of it got made too small for him to do it anymore, or it was cut or something, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I'd like to see him in that. And so we kind of end Act 1 with the backstory of uh, of Broomhilda, as far as not, not the character Broomhilda, but the legend of Broomhilda. And... Um, Django's asked by Schultz, do you like the bounty business? And he says, do I like it? You shoot white folks and they pay you. <laughs> and so they go for an alliance. And the deal is that Django will get one third of all the bounties. And uh, he says, why are you doing this? And he goes, well, I gave you your freedom. So I feel responsible for what you do with it. And secondly, it's not every day when a German meets a real life Siegfried. And that's kind of a big deal because, you know, Broomhilda was taken by her, was it father? Her father, who was like the god of gods, yeah. Yeah, put in a, on a mountain, because Germany was always a mountain. Um, yeah. uh, surrounded by a dragon and lava and, you know. Hellfire. The, the, the hero has to rescue, which feels very much like what the film's going to bring us. And he had no fear. He climbed that mountain. Yep. He slayed that dragon. So you might be going, how believable is this, is this union? Yeah. Between a, a, a black slave 
or you know, former slave, I suppose, and uh, and a German. And according to critic Alex Rossi, lines between Django and Dr. King Schultz is not as absurd as audiences might believe, because in the 1840s, many German revolutionaries and progressives left Europe for the U.S., where they became active in the anti-slavery movement. Oh, nice. Very cool. And just in case you're curious, Jamie Foxx used his own horse cheetah in the movie. He got it four years previously as a birthday present. Adorable. I think somewhere in the back of my mind, Charles Dickens was anti-slavery. I'm sure he would be. I believe he was, yeah, because he uh, he wrote some stuff about it. He's a pretty good man. Yeah, Yeah, and and poverty-stricken people. Absolutely. He's very much against that. That's why he wrote about people from in, in poverty, because it was like... Look what you're doing. Like, if you read A Christmas Carol, like, it's the, the greatest guy that ever was, you know what yeah. I mean? It was Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit never had a negative thought in his life. No, no, no. Um, for the montage, because there is one between Dr. King Schultz and Django, beginning their partnership as bounty hunters, writer and director Quentin Tarantino played the background music on the set while filming, so he made sure it hit That's the proper cool. beat. Yeah. yeah. You need to. There's a montage, and then Django has a crisis of conscience. He doesn't want to shoot a guy in front of his son. It's this long-distance shot. It's a beautiful, sunny day. Guys, plowing a field. guys with his kid plowing a field looks like the American dream. Mm. And we're being told, look, here you go. Read the wanted poster. And you know what? I give him so much credit for the fact they had Jamie Foxx struggle to read the wanted poster. Yeah. Because that'd be believable. He would yeah. have no formal education. I no. was more surprised that he could, re- how much of it he could read. Well, the suggestion, of, I think, is that. Um, Maybe been teaching. Schultz is teaching. Yeah. 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 So that was great. Because that came across as like a student teacher. Yeah, like, come on, sound it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like patience, and it was like, but then he goes, look, this is why we do this. $7,000, because he robbed people. He killed innocent people. And now he's here. This is the, you want to be a bounty hunter? This is being a bounty hunter. Your hands have to get dirty. And $7,000 is roughly a quarter of a million dollars today. Wow. I question that far away and the drawn picture. How can you match that up with the guy down there with his back to him? I guess I should not rock there. <laughs> I question that. Uh, Schultz is a very persuasive speaker. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, to be fair, the number of people he goes, I have a warrant, and if you look at this, it says that this guy is this guy, and you'll clear. And the number of people they shoot in the head, and it's like, you're supposed yeah. to ID this person yeah. to get the money. Also, a lot of the people have changed their name, and he doesn't have any evidence that they are the person that have changed their name. He's just like, yep, they changed their name. Must be this person. I guess there's be a case of that movie's got a movie thing. Or so. I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Um, so after the winter in Mississippi, um, and Django goes from, he's in this town of Mississippi. Mississippi's kind of renowned as being like the if not the most racist state, it's like a, if you're doing a tier list of like the racist states back in the day, Mississippi's near the top. The epicenter. Yeah, it is. I'm not making a comment on present day Mississippi. People can't make a comment on present day Mississippi. I'm not there. No. But I do know the historical legacy. Mississippi is one of those. Okay. Okay. So um, where are we at here? Um, Django is moving from left to right. Yeah, and a bunch of slaves with cages on their face are going from right to left, and sort of Django's confronting his past, showing his progress versus others' regression. I thought it was a really nice shot. Oh, that is clever! I didn't think of that. Um, they managed to track down where Broomhilda is. She's with Calvin Candy in Candyland, and they go, "How are we going to get her? Because you can't just go and take her." Because there was the metaphor. Now it was like, imagine you're buying, you're buying a horse. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're a horse thief, and as much as this is a painful metaphor slaves are property in this time yeah, yeah. so you'd be like, you stole someone's property so the closest sort of thing you could do would be like this and what happens then they, sh- they kill you because you kill horse thieves and the horse goes back to its original owner 
the thing I, Liam gets so excited he throws a pen. <laughs> well, no, because that just reminded me of something. Because I used to think as a child, you know, you know, they had them posts where they'd tie the horse up and go into a saloon or yeah, hitch post. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'd go. It's not like God's got a clamp on or anything. It's not like you know you can you can just easily untie it and just take it. Where are you gonna go? No, I know, right? Yeah. But then, as explained to me years later, that why there was such a penalty with horse feed thieving was because of this. Yeah. So you, everyone abided by this, and it was a big thing. So if, if you, you made was, shoplifting punishable by death, I bet you people don't shoplift. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what they did. They made it such a severe offence that people left other people's horses alone, apart from if you were yep. bad, bad, I guess. Yep. Or tr- desperate. Desperate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they said, we need to get a bill of sale. It needs to be legal. And so they ask him, here's your next character. What do you know about Mandingo fighting? And Mandingo fighting, I guess, is like UFC, but just for black slaves. And it's until the death. Yeah, I get, I gathered that, yeah. So, that um, must play r- havoc on your psyche, mustn't it? Knowing that each time you're going in, you, you, this could be your last, but you're fighting to the death each time. I mean, we talked about it not nearly in as brutal terms when we did Gladiator. Yeah. And the idea is you're going up and you're either, you're either dying or you're coming back to fight again. Yeah. But that's your life now. Crazy. And what does that do for your mental health? And we see that later in the movie as well. Yeah, yeah. And so a Mandingo, they're presenting themselves as a Mandingo investor and a Mandingo fighting expert. And uh, Django's problem with this. He says, like, there's nothing lower than a black slaver. Mm. Nothing. He goes, not even the head servant in a household, which that'll come back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, and they go, fine, this is your character. So give me that guy. Be that guy who was no one lower than. And that's got to be, I mean, it isn't because to Schultz, this is just you're, you're playing a part. Yeah. But to... It's easy for him to say, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If you haven't been there and lived lived it, it's easy to say than do, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's still going from his past, and he's moved forward. He don't want to go back, does he? No. Ethan, any thoughts, buddy? It is just difficult for me. I'll be honest, like this. This is a very difficult film. You've been very quiet um, today. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, yeah it, it. I yeah. I like. I don't have negative thoughts in this film. It's there's. I watched this last night. I had to mull over it today. Like it's just been, it's been a very. This isn't, this isn't my train spotting, but bloody hell, like it, it's, it was difficult. Okay, it's, it's, that's, it that's nothing tough. against the film. No, I mean, it I, is a tough movie. It's nothing against the film. If anything, that's kind of a praise because yeah. it, the realism is like not too much, but it, it's very real. Borderline, I'm just, isn't it? I'm just thinking with my podcasting guy hat on. I've heard much from Ethan. I make sure I'm including him in the conversation. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, usually you're kind of jumping it, which is great. And so in my head, it's going. We've had a couple jokes at Ethan. I want to make sure he's okay and he knows that, that, <laughs> that we still love him. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I am okay. Still it's love one you, of those Ethan. things. Like I, there, there'll be a point where I talk, and we're getting close to it. Huh? But it's like I'm. I need I need time to mull. <laughs> and Georgia, any thoughts from you on this point? We're talking about this sort of uh, how are you doing at this point in the film. Here's the movie's going. He's he's already won his freedom. He needs to get his wife. Yeah, we're gonna go here, but this involves him presenting or pretending. You were sort of picking up on this, like he was gonna pretend to be a black slaver. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. I was I was there with it, and I was I was kind of like, okay, I'm a bit conflicted now about whether. But I think it should be because he is too. Yeah, whether Schultz yeah. is a good man here or not. Because oh, okay, it's, yeah, him, yeah. it's him going because you could you could probably find a different way to present yourself. Question: to get into watching it for the first time, were you expecting at any point for Schultz for the ever shoot to drop and for Schultz to turn on him and be kind of a villain? 
No. Oh, yes. you're, you're okay. No, I, I was on did board with the him. first time I watched it. I kept thinking he's too nice. I think when we started going towards Mississippi, I sort of was until we meet the guy who like, clearly is the villain. Yeah, and yeah. and when you see him sort of react to certain yeah. things, then I was like, nah, that's, that's you wouldn't do that. So they're going to go into this meeting, and Schultz is the investor, wanted to start up his own Mandingo Enterprise, and um, we've got um, Django is the fighting expert. Um, and then we get told this is Calvin Candy. He pressures Monsieur Candy, and he goes, okay, I'll speak to him in French. He goes, no, don't do that. He doesn't speak French. It'll embarrass him, but he insists on being called Monsieur. So, like, he's already a figure of ridicule before we, we meet him, and when he goes into the room, we see the back of his head, and he speaks to, and Tarantino's big on introductions with back of heads, Marcellus Wallace yeah, in yeah, Pulp yeah, Fiction, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but we get that, and then finally we get the reveal of who it is, and we do, like, a super power zoom as soon as it happens Clever. as he smiles. He zooms in the he film. does another reason yeah. why it makes me think cartoony it's like very comic that's podcast. a cartoony kind of intro yeah. i'll give you that and, and, and the blood oh, i haven't, and I haven't the, been yeah. doing my so how far so george so far as it seemed childish i don't i didn't mean childish i meant cartoon comic like okay. and i think that de- that comment stands uh leo dicaprio of course plays calvin j candy i'm assuming you recognize this was leo yes okay yeah he's one of the faces i do recognize at the end i do want to know if your rankings would be different now about leo where you put this in, the, in, in Leo's performances. Oh, this is probably the best I've seen him in. Oh, okay. So I don't have to ask that question at the end now like I just said I was going to. You no. need. <laughs> i tell you what we can all laugh about, though. I had no idea which one was Samuel Jackson the whole time. Really? Really? Okay. really? Well, you need, you saying this is Leo's one of his best parts. You want to see him as a young kid in what's seeing Gilbert Grape. But let's get back to this, because we, we, we got to get to Julie. No, I know, but he's, he's brilliant in that. Uh, Leo DiCaprio, who's this role, the first time he played a villain since The Man in the Iron Mask, which is a bit of a cheat, because he played both parts in Man in the Iron Mask. He did. I liked him in that as well. Yep. Was uncomfortable with how horrible and explicitly racist his character was. However, Tarantino convinced him to be as menacing as possible, saying if he didn't take it all the way, people would hold it against him forever. I think 100% true. Yeah. You can't go halfway with this character. I no. don't think you can. That's more disrespectful, mm. I think, than... Actually, doing it justice. Excluding yeah. films with the cast is built alphabetically. This is the first time in 16 years that Leo didn't get top billing in a film he was in. Oh, really? Take that, Will Smith. Yes. <laughs> Woo! But then you pipe and smoke it. I mean, come on. That's, it's just no. Yeah. Realize what the movie is. Exactly. Yeah. Leo's yeah. good at that. Um, Do you have a story about what um, was said to him like when he was being apprehensive about saying certain words? I, I'm coming to that later. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let me get to the part where the characters, because we have to be introduced oh, to the other yeah, character, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Leo was originally the first choice to play Colonel Hans Landa in Inglorious Bastards. Oh. However, oh. Tarantino decided that German-speaking actors should portray the part, and the part went to Christoph Waltz. And now we've got both of these things smashing into each other. So is he really German, then? Who? Waltz? Christoph, yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. know this. Oh, yeah. oh okay. We don't notice that in every movie he's in, he's got that same accent? Well... I loved his voice in this. I, think, I just think he's a great actor. A Georgia, voice. did you recognize that Christoph things. Waltz was the guy in uh, the Bond movie who's in the jail cell? Who? Oh, no? Okay. No. Interesting. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, Candy yes. takes a long look at Django as he walks by. How long did the fight scene feel? Very Too long. Ages. I, I'll be real. I, I, I turned the film off for a bit. Um, wow during that fight scene like that that was where i was like i need this is hurting me like it's just affecting me and they don't much. show you the death but they show you the reactions and you hear it mm-hmm. and you hit yeah his legs flop yep yeah uh Django is questioned by candy and we have closer shots of fox and leo as they get intense with each other and they turn down the mandingo fighters and there's not 
a good enough fighter there. And so these are the ones you want to get rid of, but there's nothing of quality here. So I want something you don't want to get rid of. Well, well, I don't want to get rid of it. How are you going to talk me into it? Simple. We're going to overpay. Throw money at you. 12 grand. (laughs) Which is... Oh, I looked this one up, but yeah. If seven grand was a quarter of a million, 12 grand's got to be almost a half mil. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So they go to... person? Yep. Wow. Who you're hoping to get five fights out of, I guess. Wow. I think you'd die for 12, wouldn't you? Because he says he, he pays. A thousand a fight. Yeah, but he's not the one paying for this now. Someone else paying for this. Actually, no, I think he only paid 500 for him, didn't he? And that was expected yeah, 500, five, yeah. five fights. So. so on the way to Candyland, they come across a fighter in a tree who had run off. And he's having, a, he's having a mental breakdown. He's having an emotional breakdown. I can't fight anymore. And Leo goes, you know, sure you can. And he's got this real weird charisma about himself as he's doing this. It comes across almost as like almost fatherly, yeah. almost mentoringly. Yeah, it's it's weird. He says, you might not win, but you can still fight flippity-dippity yeah. on that one, jeez. Uh, the speech from Leo is largely done in one take. Really? The camera moves and pans and then goes back and then pans. There's a cutaway at one point, and then we go back to that shot. He does this a few times in the movie. Tarantino yeah. likes himself yeah. like a nice long take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes, who's going to reimburse me for $500? And Schultz says he'll do it because he is. He's being affected by this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like anybody. And Django overrules him. And Django's playing the part. Yeah. Django's playing the part better than... Better than Schultz, Schultz is playing the part. Yeah. Uh, the dogs are sicked on the fighter, and we get slow motion and reverb at first. And we get a brief image of the of the, the man being attacked, but there's lots of cutaways instead for reaction That's shots. That's something I can not. And Candy and Django don't stop looking at each other. No. And Georgia doesn't look at the screen. In an interview, I Tarantino said originally the Mandingo fight scene and the scene with the dogs were both longer and more violent. Wow. He said he felt like he was going to traumatize the audience, so he cut both scenes down. Good. That's probably him maturing, because as a younger man, he would have he he kept them in. He'd want oh, to, yeah. he He brags about Reservoir Dogs and people walking out. Yeah, yeah. And he says, yeah. How Harvey Weinstein, again, there's that name again, tried to t- say, you need to shorten it. Yeah. You need to cut those scenes. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, and Harvey was right. He's of course Harvey was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the only time you'll ever hear me say Harvey was right on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, where are we at now? Uh, on to Candyland. Django and Schultz are now at the rear of the procession. Django continues to imagine his wife is everywhere. He kept seeing her throughout the movie in different places. Mm-hmm. The score sensational. And then we meet Stephen, played by Samuel L. Jackson, the head servant at the. Uh, at the plantation house, um, he was, Stephen was described. Well, it says Django was described by Samuel Jackson in an interview as Shaft, but on a horse. <laughs> uh, it marks the fifth time Tarantino and Samuel Jackson have collaborated in a director-actor relationship. Yeah, uh, I guess that would be Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown. Oh, he was in um, um, Hateful Eight as well. This is before Hateful Eight, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Is he in the Kill Bills? I've not seen Kill Bill. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I know he's the voiceover. Is he the voiceover for um, Inglorious Bastards, or is that Tar- no? Yeah, yeah. He's the voiceover for oh, Inglorious Bastards. Okay, yeah. Because then Tarantino's the voiceover for uh, Hateful Eight, like they're switching around. All right. Um. So anyway, so, so this is the fifth, I believe. Uh, we get a shot of his eyes coming into focus to see Django on a horse, and he's he, he's he's angered by this. And this is a real interesting character study. The 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 black head servant who hates a black free man is this accurate is what accurate like because i've never i've never I, I mean i don't know a lot of american history and i don't know about much about slavery but is were there black head servants who thought oh, like this 
There'd be a head black servant. I don't know. I, I can't speak to the I, other side what, of it. To what I, extreme does this take this? Because he outs so many people. I think the reason I don't know. he takes umbrage to this is because he's been the head guy of, he's gone to the top of his game in where he is in slavery. And to see someone else above him. I don't know. Because that's what he wants. I don't know. I don't, I don't, no, I don't think he does want it. No? No, I don't think he wants it at all. He's almost accepted where he is and likes where he is and likes that he can almost be... It's a really sophisticated thing. I don't know the answer to this. I mean, we're, we're hypothesizing. Um, but no, the movie doesn't tell me he wants more. Far from it. The movie tells me he's really happy where he is. Maybe. Continuously. I just thought he took umbrage because someone was higher than him and he used to be in the head of his... His, his household i'll tell you what he's angered by everything including uh like the idea of a jangles to sleep inside it's like what so we're gonna burn the the pillow sheet pillowcases and the sheets and he's like yep they're mine to burn they're not yours to worry about i think it's that he spent his whole life with a set of rules and then this is all the world's turned upside down yeah, yeah. this is the most accurate depiction well not actually this is a very clear depiction of like uncle tom yep. syndrome yep which is the because that was the whole realistic that there were people that just like Stockholm Syndrome just submitted to being a slave for the white man and, like, you know, pseudo... As a member of the black white. community, sort of helped reinforce the white... Yeah, it was like, hierarchy. I will act as, as white slaver as I can, but yep. I still have and I f- a lower place. And I do feel this is warned earlier for us by when um, Jangle says, black tra- slavers are the worst thing, even worse than the ones who are the head of the household, and it sort of foreshadows this guy's be pretty bad yeah yeah uh they get broom hilda out of the hot box she ran away last night broom hilda played by carrie washington this isn't denzel's kid <laughs> denzel's kid's a production assistant but this is uh um but she's naked and they like grope her as she's getting out of the hot box yeah they yeah. like purposely like 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 grab at her breast as they're grabbing her away and so if you're django you've got this relief in seeing your wife's alive and for the first time but she's being sexually um, violated. She's been put in there naked. Uh, you get the idea of what her life has been like since she's been. I mean, the, the, the conflict, and they keep just shooting him, and he's like completely like, I think he's fairly blank as he's taking everything in at once. How, answer this question for me, right? I, well, I'll try if you can. Um, it's proven in like um, back in the days when um, like Roman times and stuff like that, and even back then, and how is it they because he says you about burning the pillows and everything like that why do some households sleep with their servants why is that allowed and, uh, well you, you mean but allowed's a funny word uh, I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to this um i, 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 I don't I understand can, how you can take somewhat. a disdain from someone but then it's, do that it's a fetishization thing because it is the it's the most forbidden thing and there is that fantasize that fantasy of oh, this this is the worst thing i can do and sexually this like it is it, it it's just like a pleasure thing of the forbidden fruit and fetishizing uh, fetishizing an, another race essentially okay also also the sex I- also the situation of this sex can be about, about power yeah, and they are yeah. the master, and you can't say no to me. So how far can I push this? Because I can. Oh, okay. You don't really see it in this movie, but you're saying about how they were groping her and stuff. So they like when they put her back at the end. They put her in a in a in a little cot, not cottage, a little shed that's got a bed in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there's one purpose for that building being there. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
and some of Candy's like there's a woman that Candy always has around yes. in the way that he referred like it, it's very much and they do like talk about it at the, at the dinner table yeah exactly so yeah. it just seems odd uh, let's keep going so we can get it, Julian in here soon um, we've got sorry, um, there's <laughs> There's no eye contact as Broomhilda's brought to Schultz's room, the sister, who I think is kind of an underdeveloped character. Very underdeveloped. Um, yeah. There's a song. It ends with the slamming of a door. They did this a bunch of times. It's brilliant. Uh, Django's listening to the other side of the door. Uh, Schultz introduces himself but says, we have a mutual friend. She goes, who is this friend? He goes, right behind that door. He knocks, which is the code for him to open the door. He says, hey, little troublemaker. And she faints in the glass of water she's holding. Like, goes on the, <laughs> and you, you called it. I don't know if you remembered it. Or I don't remember it. it. Okay. I just called it because I yeah. thought that's what you, you would do, wouldn't you? Cause, but he was silhouetted brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. We go to dinner, and this is the, the plan's an attack. Schultz is sort of arguing, I need a guy. I'm going to build this guy up. He's going to be Black Hercules. That's going to be my guy. And so Eskimo Joe maybe can be the guy. I'm not sure. And then Schultz lets himself be smitten with Broomhilda. He wants everybody to go, oh, you're, you're really quite sweet on her. And everybody sees it. Everybody except for um, Seven. the sister. The oh, sister's the, sister. the first one to go. Yes, she is. Oh, she seems to be really smitten with Django. Yeah. At which point, everything's fine if, if she doesn't sell it. Yeah. But she's not expecting it. Well. But just sells it completely. Mm-hmm. And this tips off Steven. And he goes, oh, what's going on? Why are you lying to me? You know this guy, right? No, no, I don't know. You know this guy, right? No, I don't. Django wants to change the price of um, uh, Eskimo Joe to nine grand. Uh, they go no no we'll 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 pay the twelve fine we'll pay the twelve this is this is this is a special a special purchase twelve grand and um that because that's what goes from the Candyland of course is the twelve grand promise he says fine I'm gonna come back with my lawyers in five days I'm gonna pick up Eskimo Joe and we'll exchange the money in the short term though would you sell Broomhilda and he's like yeah yeah I would and this is when Samuel Jackson comes back in and says I need to see you in the other room completely. And this is the part he likes. He's sitting in the chair with a glass, and he wants to be so indispensable mm. to get yeah. to Calvin. You need me around. Thank you. That's about as high as it's going to get. Like I'm your ears on the ground. I am your ears on the ground. I am your right hand man. And there's a very interesting. Like, he speaks out of turn a lot, actually. Why would? Unless you're in that that's, situation. That's why I was asking how accurate is it? Because I, in my brain, it's like, but how, how could you do that? But I couldn't possibly know the answer coping, to that. No, then, yeah. yeah, true. So um, all this stuff happens, and then, um, but all this is going on. There's so many N-words that are getting dropped in this, and a lot of them by Leo, and Leo struggles, and he stops the scene and says, I'm having such a hard time with using the N-word so often. And Samuel Jackson pulls him aside and says, motherfucker, this is just another Tuesday for us. Uh, yeah. So tells, at le- basically tells him to at get on least, with it. At least do this for the purpose of what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah The yeah, art yeah. that this is. Yeah. Good old Samuel. Sidney Fortier did something similar for Tarantino as well. Did he? Yeah, well, again, I, this is from a thing I watched years ago, but he spoke to Sidney Fortier when he was writing this film. And he was like, I, I don't know if I should or not. This is bad. And he's like, grow up. Do it. Like, yep. don't be a coward. Oh, good old Sydney. Uh, we go back. So he comes back in the room now. He's been told the truth. He brings out a skull. This is old Ben. And this is where Calvin goes, why don't they kill us? There's so many of them. Why don't they kill us? And he's he cracks point, the though. skull open. And he goes, it's, it's about it's, it's power. Yeah, yeah, of course. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
And so, um, but there's three dimples on the inside of the skull. And he says, these three dimples have to do with where your uh, passivity or your sense to comply is from. Yeah. It's from a study of science, well, a science, I say in finger quotes, called <laughs> phrenology. Um, it represents submissiveness. It was a pseudoscience that once perpetrated one's various capacities and traits that could be discerned by studying the features and physical characteristics of the human skull. Of course, it was later proved to be complete nonsense. Say, so I have a dimple at the back of my head but there. It's really obvious. If you run your hand like over the back of my head, I have a like, quite severe dimple at the back of my head. But apparently, you go, Liam, there. What do you do? But great audio wow. content. It's great audio content. No, but it's like <laughs> she a, does. It's just where you like how your skull fuses when you're born. But it would have been that sort of thing that they were looking at. Um, and so uh, Candy Sidekick storms in. I had his name down, but I've lost it. Uh, and and uh, says like this is you know you, everyone's been lying tonight. And he slams his hand on the table and tells us about the lies. And at this point, he cuts his hand. What does he cut his hand on? And he smashes like like a glass. A glass. Okay. Yeah, I think so because like he properly smashes it on the table. And his hand stops bleeding profusely, but he doesn't stop the take. He keeps going. I remember the first time I watched this, and I thought to myself, this can't be. This must be real because you see him nurse his hand three feet in the air. <laughs> That as well. But he also but later he in the scene he's hand. taking pieces of broken glass out of his hand. Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. Now, after the cut, there was a standing ovation by the other actors to praise his performance despite the incident. Tarantino therefore decided to keep the sequence in the final cut. Uh, for the rest of <laughs> final cut. For, for, for the rest of the movie, his hand is bandaged. Contra popular belief though, because he does walk over and wipe blood on Kerry Washington's face. Real, that's not real no. blood. Oh, okay. That's what different there's a cut and then we come back to that so yeah. obviously he's done that later on so oh, i'd okay. heard about that that was a real cut and then i saw that scene and went no he wouldn't you wouldn't do that because that's actually really really unhygienic and unsafe yeah uh he injured himself also during rehearsal uh, with a hammer that broke and hit him in the head <laughs> i'm guessing sticks the hammer and he slams the table yeah. if the wooden shaft splits so for filming they used a rubber hammer yeah or a foam hammer so um they, they say if you want to leave a broom hilda that's now going to cost you $12,000. Almost half a million dollars. Wow. Uh, this is where the blood is rubbed in the face. Candy then slams broom Hilda's head on the table and threatens to break her skull open. And 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 Schultz is like, get my billfold. Get my billfold. Take your twelve grand." Yeah. Oh, am I being too generous if I say to their credit they only take twelve grand? Could, yeah. Could, you could, you, 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 you could have emptied it. Yeah. Yeah. You could have emptied it. Yeah. I think in some weird way, they think they're the good guys. Okay. In some weird way, that's, Leo thinks he's the good guy. That's the only way Maybe. that it's one of the only ways that slavery and those sorts of things operated on such a global level was because people were convinced that they were doing the right thing. Yeah. Because there was a lot more money in there than the 12, wasn't there? Also, we haven't talked at all about the really weird, almost incestuous relationship between Candy and his, and his sister. sister. Yeah. 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 That was that's weird. That's very Yeehaw Mississippi stereotype. Even though. even Star Wars went bit far, guys. <laughs> <laughs> bit far with your sister in it. Uh, Bill of Sale. Um, so, this is actually the second time Jamie Foxx and Kerry Washington have portrayed a married couple. The previous time was as Ray Charles and Della Bia Robinson and Ray. That's cool. In 2004, oh. Quentin Tarantino revealed at uh, Comic-Con that Django and Broomhilda were meant to be the great-great-great-grandparents of the character John Shaft from the Shaft films. You <laughs> can find this in the Bill of Sale, Broomhilda Von Shaft. Aww. Shaft. Which, which should have reminded me that they live, but I thought they died. I, I forgot the movie and how it ended. I was happy that they lived. Yeah. Um, 
As the bill sales being made up, Schultz is tormented. He hears Fur Elise, which is this classical, beautiful piece of music in this beautiful home, but that's built on depravity. Yeah. And he can see the, and hear the man being and tormented in his head sweat, yeah. earlier that day. And he forcibly stops the harpist from playing Beethoven. And they talk about Alexander Dumas from the Three Musketeers and what he would think about what happened today. And it turns out that Dumas is black. I did not know this. I did not know this either. I'd forgotten it even after watching it the first time. Yeah. So I did a quick check. He had he was born to a black slave mother. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's a bill of sale signed, and um, he said, Schultz says, usually I would say, Avita Sane, which means until we meet again. But and since I never plan on seeing you again, the line I will use to say it here is goodbye. If he doesn't say this, I wonder if the film's different. If he doesn't Probably. do what he if does he doesn't next, have to get this line in. If he yeah. doesn't do what he does next, they oh, just walk out Of course out not. Fine. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so again, is he is he a good guy? Yes, he is. He can't get his ego out of it. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He good is guy. no, but like, there's the question of like, hang on a second. If he just can't, I think we went with his ego. Can, 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 can I get to the part? Then we can talk yeah. about that. Okay. So then uh, he says. A deal isn't a deal in the South unless you shake my hand. Uh, and so, and then the bodyguard, uh, who was played by the guy who played Dexter's dad in Dexter? Never seen him. Oh, okay. Ah. Um, yeah, yeah. Didn't even realize. Um, I forget what his name is, but yeah. I saw the name and I don't know who that is. Um, and so he goes, I insist. And then he goes, well, if you insist. And Schultz walks up and he reaches his hand out, but it's like, it's like, like super circus trick kind of thing he's got where the gun just comes into his hand and he shoots him right through the boutonniere yeah it's on the 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 inside of the arm yeah and that's on a ratchet thing that moves forward pops it up yeah uh and uh steven cries like he cries mm. at yeah. uh, as, as master being shot as if it's like his own son schultz says i couldn't help myself and he's blown away here is my argument to why he's a good guy he has said all this time i'm a bounty hunter the bounty hunter sometimes you have to get your hands dirty i think on this one he got his hands too dirty yeah and you could see he was being torn i think it's ptsd oh, from what okay. from what happened that day yeah. yeah but i think his hands are too dirty i think he's gone too far he goes too far yeah and it, uh, yeah i guess that's the- he's gone too far and so this is his way kind of he loses his his objectivity his ability to be detached yeah he's yeah. he's no longer the innocent good guy as as innocent as a bounty hunter can be because ha- i shooting. have to i have to kill this guy yeah i have Simple to kill him. i have yeah. to kill him not because of a bounty but because i have to kill him yeah, yeah um and so uh oh, so then schultz is blown away by butch pooch which is dexter's dad <laughs> the guy with the bowler hat Django shoots but butch pooch and then the lawyer and then it's a bloodbath and of course this is shot with film like we said so the red is everywhere super quick shutter speed so you get like the little droplets of blood as they get fired off yeah um and it's it's so hyper violent. At what point do you become numb to it, Georgia? Because you're not really one for violence. No, this is fine because this is, this becomes comedic and comic book esque. And almost... one one shot to the head where it leaks out is one thing. This sort of one shot to the head where it leaks out and looks realistic. I'm like, mm, no, yeah. thank you. But this where it's almost it's almost like the scene in um, Kingsman where the, okay. all the yeah, heads yeah. explode yeah. because oh. it's so. Okay, I thought you were going for the church. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's not the, church. the church. <laughs> well, scene. Well, all the heads go like to the. <laughs> oh yeah, but they do all. Just... <laughs> it's an exaggeration. No, 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 no. It is like and like the church scene and like Deadpool, yeah, like where it is hyper violent, but it's done for a comedic effect. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. We get the final. It's like in the boys. Not seeing the boys. Yeah, it is not the boys. You're like, not wrong. Their, their whole gimmick is, how gory can we yeah, get? Yeah. 
and like sat the, there the opening five minutes is, is one of the most gory things i think i've seen on tv oh yeah <laughs> just in a nutshell i'm spoiling the first like 30 seconds of the boys <laughs> right this guy's like hugging his girlfriend going, i can't believe we're finally gonna move in together yeah we're finally gonna move in together and she's they're on the curb and she takes one footstep off the curb and he's on the sidewalk and they kind of stare at each other and there's this guy who's the equivalent of the flash yeah and he runs right through her Oh. And so all you see is just, uh, uh, and he's just wearing his girlfriend's like DNA all over him. <laughs> oh. And that's like the first shot. <laughs> the first, and then he's traumatized. And how do you come back from that? That's the basis. And he's still of, holding the hands. Oh, he's still holding the hands. The hands oh. are there. Yeah. Nothing else. Oh. Oh. So there we go. Um, so then we go to the final showdown. Steven says they've got Broomhilda. Uh, what's Walt, Walton Goggins? Is that his name? Walter Goggins. Walter Goggins. Um, 10 seconds left in a countdown. They get to, they count up from, rather than count down, they count up weird uh they get the nine he gives up and then we go back where he began Django was enslaved they're going to castrate him but it's saved in the nick of time pun not intended but i'll take it <laughs> uh steven comes in says all the white folks want to kill you most by castrating but then you bleed out in seven minutes we're going to sell you as a slave to a mining company uh works they explain to us why that's even worse and we get the shot of the quint mining company i think it slows down a bit here so i'm going to speed up um we get johnny cash ain't no grave can hold my body oh, down. That, that holds a lot of gravity here and that. Yep, it does. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is doing a terrible Australian accent. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's awful. Why, it is. why is he Australian? They're all Australian. Why are they Australian? No, they're not. I, they they, they all, all come across all, as Australian. All, all the miners were, weren't they? Yeah. No, they were like, they, oh, I think they how, were how we're going to yeah. do a boy. And like, then oh, a couple oh, of random oh, Aussies. He was the, he's the only Australian. <laughs> he the only one? He's not the only one. There was, I there was, thought they all were. They were all doing it, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have a rewatch and we'll hit the button on one of you guys. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. of them were worse than the others. <laughs> uh, he resells because he's been told, hang on to your first bounty poster. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you what, it was really nice of the guys to give him back his clothes with the bounty thing still in the pocket yeah. that hadn't been affected by the blood at all. Nothing at all, no. This is the magic doohickey. This it thing. is. <laughs> the, the unstainable, still perfectly crisp as the first day it was printed. Yeah. Uh, it's like when the, when one of the Avengers films where he gets out the cards out of the thing and they're like, after the, out of the guy's pocket's just been shot and they were in the pocket, but they're fine. I have no idea what you're referring, but okay. Uh, Coulson in yeah, First Avengers. Coulson. I don't remember this. Sorry, guys. Um, but the whole time he's explaining, there's a great 360 degree pan around everybody, so you can sort of see how they're getting sort of talked into it. And he goes, and we get to the end, you let me join you and help you shoot them. So they give him the gun, at which point he just shoots them all. All of them. And yeah. Tarantino had the dynamite, so he goes up, which is kind of a funny little joke, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Django comes back. He goes to the Candyland. He shoots up the clubhouse. Uh, he goes back to the holding room where he sees the body of Schultz. He says, Avita Sane, gives him a kiss on the on the forehead. This uh, is quite touching. Takes the freedom papers. Takes the freedom papers and the bill of sale because you have to have that. You have yeah. to have that. He storms in the room where she's kept. And as he opens the door, she braces thinking she's about to be raped again. Yeah. And the um, the bars or the planks of the wood almost look like like, like jail cell kind of things yeah. on, the, on the wall. It was a nice, it was a nice touch. And um, we go back to the big house, and Stephen is singing in the suite by and by. And yeah, the candle is lit, and we go back to a replay of last night. And the best part is they go, hey, girls, tell Miss Laura goodbye. He goes, goodbye. <laughs> and he shoots her, and something grabs her and, like, pulls her through the side exit so quick. Yeah. And it was, again, one more time we go, because this could be difficult. He's shooting a woman. 
Yeah. yeah. This like, could be difficult for us to go, are we going to like this? And then you do that. You laugh and you go, that's funny. And you forget he shot a woman. Yeah. 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 Clever. Uh, which, did she do, I'm trying to think, was she, this is going to sound terrible, but was she that bad? She's complicit in it, isn't she? I think that's her crime. Okay. If you're complicit, you were just as guilty. Okay. Um, Broomhilda he says all the black people should leave and tells Stephen no 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 not you you don't leave you're right where you belong Uh, Stephen drops the cane and stands up straight like he's been putting on how much of this has been an act yes a persona that he has adopted (sighs) but he's done this in other films as well he used a cane and stuff he was like him in glass wasn't he yeah but, I mean, he, that's when I first saw In that. glass, he had to use the cane, because if he yeah. falls over, he breaks, because that's why they call it the glass. No, I know, but he had that same... No, he had that same demeanor and stature about yeah. him when he did it. And he's got, like, the super receding hairline. He looks super old. Like, you don't doubt for a minute he needs it. No. And when he doesn't, you're like, you sneaky bastard. Yeah. Um, Django, go, oh, he says, Calvin was right about one thing. He is the one black man in 10,000. Yeah. He is the extraordinary one. Out he goes. Uh, he goes outside and watches Candyland blow up. Now, this didn't feel very realistic. <laughs> when it blows up, I'm like, that's how houses blow up. It's also just a no. small chunk of dynamite no. in one corner of the yep. house, and the whole thing goes from the center. But it's a movie. <laughs> uh, Jangle makes his horse dance, and he could have been the fastest gun in the south, and they ride off. Uh, and it turns out it could have been worse. Uh, the film did not receive a rating from the MPAA until over a week before the film, before the wide domestic release. Uh, nevertheless, Quentin Tarantino decided in the best interest of the audience to tone down the film's violence. <laughs> Let me say it again. He toned, toned down the film's down. violence. Yeah. Oh, he said the MPAA hell. actually gave an R rating to the rougher version that he ended up presenting to the public. I could handle a rougher version of the movie than what exists right now. I have more tolerance, but I think what I realized when I watched that movie was I was traumatizing them too much. It's just that fucking simple. And I want people to enjoy the movie at the very end of it he tried to write a sequel to Django Unchained however after uh, he decided the tone of the developing story did not fit the character's morals he rewrote it as an original screenplay which later became The Hateful Eight The Hateful Eight and that is Django Unchained Unchained. (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a heavy movie heavy movie um at times, a lot happens. At times, not much. I mean, once you get to the bloodbath, it's just people are shooting everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. What's that? Is it carol singers? It can't be carol singers. No. It's, it's February. It's February, and I don't know what time it is over there, but I know which, both sides of the Atlantic, it must be wine o'clock, because we are joined <laughs> hey. by Julene from It Goes Down to the PM. How you doing, Julene? Hey. hey. I'm so excited to be here. A BFF of the BFE for a long time. Yes, I, I, um, ever since, ever since Angels with Dirty Faces. Yay. Oh no, the Resties, the Resties. Oh, the rest- I was very confused. Your first thing was us the rest- slamming on stuff. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so how did this work? Were you looking for podcast Rex? And was I there going, hey, you'll like us, like I do to everybody on Twitter? Or how'd you, how'd you come across it? Um, no, uh, I wanted to start a podcast, uh, September 2020. And then I was like, okay, let's do this. And then I didn't know anything about podcasting. And the, my co-host is like, have you ever listened to a podcast in your life? Go listen to some podcasts. So I went around looking for a podcast and I saw you. Hey. And, uh, <laughs> all I saw was the resties, um, the, some of the worst of the year. I was like, 
please tell me you're going to put Wonder Woman in there. I was like, <laughs> never mind. I'm going to listen right now. Hey. <laughs> and, the, and the rest was history. <laughs> you're the, on board. The resties were history. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. And then it's been, uh, so it's been a, a good year anyway, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. You think about the OGs of the BFE. I mean, Julian's right there. Definitely. You are. You, are. you, know, you think those names, you got, you got I don't know, Alex from Street Finance, you got Carlo, you got Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Well, I think it's only fair that we actually let Julian do this. So yeah. when I said, yeah, well. so when I said we've got <laughs> Dwayne Smith, Yes. We should have gone part- Julene. 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 We're, we're going to put a D before your name here. So we got Julene doing Django. <laughs> so uh, before, we get, before we get into Django, I think we have to address the nuclear submarine in the room. We do. Julene, a one for Crimson Tide? Oh. I'm fully prepared for this. So, <laughs> I gave it a one because in every story, there's one small seed of truth. But military culture and lifestyle is not a fictional thing. It's not. This is a very real thing. Like real people live this life. And I felt like this was also a missed opportunity because the military press secretary or whatever was not willing to cooperate but look, veterans love telling their stories. They do. And, you know, if we were going to tell a military tale, you know who did it correctly? I will say um, the producer of that show, SEAL Team, with David Boreanis. They spent copious amounts of time in VAs, walking around with other military people, just to kind of capture the culture the interaction there's a lot of like different nuances that outsiders would not understand but if you can tell this story and show people what it's like like um in seal team there's a thing he does all the time called ignore and override and that's that was basically basically my life for four years and then beyond too because I came home and I did not know how to be a functional human being, okay. you know? Yeah. So the, this was a missed opportunity to bring some awareness to what we go through when we're on duty, when we, what we go through when we're trying to get appointments at the VA, when we're trying to get help, the culture of, if you ask for help, then you are the problem. And I mean, the, I just, the utter ridiculousness, never in the history of grits would you ever have a dog on deployment. <laughs> okay. I, I was just like, what? I love that the biggest issue is that there was a dog. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it sounds like to you, I mean, like accuracy of the process is really, really important when you're looking at a military-based film. Does this extend to things like Forrest Gump? Mm, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a huge issue because, well, I didn't serve in the army. Okay. So I was like, I don't know how accurate I guess it's that it's process specifically was. Because were, were you on a submarine? I was on an aircraft carrier. Women weren't oh, allowed on great. submarines when I served. Not, not, not that part's the great, the great parts that you're saying. Because <laughs> my next question was going to be Top Gun. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because mm, nah. this I is mean, Tony Scott. Okay. This is what he does, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, but also, like, 
like that would never happen. The the whole thing on Top Gun that that would never happen. I I put it as a good time like a in the top five Tom Cruise movies yeah. because I didn't have a whole lot to choose from. So <laughs> it's just that, that comes to mind. That's like nostalgia, but eh, it's just interesting it just that, that me. The, the, the example you gave, and I think, think you're right is that but the question is how much can you educate an audience on in two hours? Yeah, true. And so you mentioned a series and I think a series gives you the chance to create that much longer storyline that lets the nuances, but you've got to give it to me in a really palatable version that then I can understand when it comes back the second time. So when they do the drill, because you mentioned to me privately that it's the XO who would usually run the drill as opposed yeah. to the captain. But I think the benefit of it doing it in the movie is that because you show me the XO and then the captain, that mirrors what I'm going to see in 17 minutes when it's the real deal. And that sort of educates me. I'm going to get one chance to see this before I see it repeated. Yeah. That nuance, which although being true, might confuse me as an audience member. And Same. you've got to make it palatable for... The I guess audience. I guess, yeah, for someone who has no idea what that lifestyle is like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and on the subs... Uh, they share they share the racks so you know where one shift gets up there another shift is going into your rack yeah the, so, the, the, there is like, the the feeling on this that there's no one else on the boat it's just, it's they're just running 24 hours a day time. yeah i know that's crazy yeah yeah and like the fight in the mess hall that what would happen is if i got a problem with you we're going to a uh we're going to a little storage space on the ship we're going to lock the door, we're going to handle our business, and then we're going to be friends when we get out. Does handle our business no mean we're going to talk it out, or does it mean, you know, Just catch out. these hands? We're, yeah. We're, <laughs> wow, really? We're going to win or, and then win or lose, we come back, and we, we go back to work. Wow. Because, like, no matter what happens, the person to my left and right, I'm liable to have to catch a bullet for. So whatever issues we got, it uh, it it stays right within those walls. That storage space. You fight it out. It's over. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I had somebody else I was going to ask, but but yeah, I've yeah, totally yeah, been yeah. Th- been not thrown, but you know, uh, captivated by this. Uh, it makes sense though. It just it reminds me of teenage boys. You know, like how they like fight and brawl and then punch each other in the face, and, <laughs> and then, then they're, they're like, okay. "Oh, fine again." Whereas like teenage guys girls do this. are like, but no, that's I'm holding met- a grudge for years." Yeah. <laughs> that's how I met most of my friends from school. I started what, being, off having a fight being locked with them. in storage no, with them, starting fights with them, and then become best friends. Well, because that's how me and Liz repairing. Friends, so. <laughs> that's a bit of a constant you thing. One though, but that's part of the thing. Like when you repair, I mean, that emotions have to come to the forefront in order to repair a relationship. So that's why yeah. bonding sort of occurs in those situations. Yeah, yeah. That's why we're yeah, closer right. after our therapy session. I probably are. Yeah. <laughs> On deployment, you don't have time for that. So you how long? How long were you serving for, Julie? Four years. I was one and done. Is that is that is that one term? Yeah. Yeah, one term. Okay. Wow. What do they call it? One um, one one tour of duty. Cool. Yeah, one tour of duty. Four years. Wow. Four years active. Four years inactive, and and I was done. Okay. So, um, so let, let's talk about something much more. I don't know. Less haunting, <laughs> Django Unchained. What? What? Because you were like, um. Because at first you went with something else, and I was like, I forget what it was, but I was like, I had to write you message privately and go, we've 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 kind of already done that film, Julie. <laughs> Whichever one it was, I forget. It what, was Into the Spider Verse. Oh, it was Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Only 
Spider-Man that matters. <laughs> the best Spider-Man in the whole world. Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the second one. I really, really am. Oh, yeah, the yeah. second one coming out. Yeah, the second yeah. one coming out. I'm curious if the box office will be or if we're Spider-Versed out from the real live-action Spider-Verse. Who knows? Who knows? But what made mm. you then go? Because instantly then you went, okay, then Django. And I was like, that's a pivot. Yeah. That's a heck of a pivot. <laughs> so, so what is it about Django that first made you go, Django is the one I want to pick? It's a Quentin Tarantino film. <laughs> that's my boy, Quentin Tarantino. It, it made the score. It's got cowboys in it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the only way it would have been better is if it had pirates too. <laughs> <laughs> pirates and cowboys. Maybe, I we, see that. maybe we can get him to do one on a nuclear sub, and we can see <laughs> if he gets it right. Um, so, do you have like a, a long? Have you, have you been a Quentin Tarantino fan for a while? Is it this film that sort of hit? Because we haven't done a Quentin Tarantino film. We yet, haven't. No. Which isn't because we don't like it. I think Liam and I spent, and Ethan. We well, Ethan to a lesser degree. It seemed like actually, but it seemed Liam and I were sitting here going, really quite big fans of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Just haven't got around to it yet. Yeah, exactly. So, so what, what's your history with Quentin Tarantino? Um. Okay. So first there was Pulp Fiction, yeah. and then um. The next one I saw was Inglorious Bastards. Then um, Kill Bill. Kill Bill was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. There's like this strong female lead that kicks all the ass. <laughs> I was like, yes. I'm, I'm telling it was. And then uh, Josh from your next favorite movie, kind of like, he didn't ruin it for me, but then now I was like forever looking at uh, I will rewatch the films and look because he told me Quentin Tarantino had a had a foot fetish. Oh, he does. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, So I had to rewatch all the films, out, and I'm sitting here looking for feet in the films. That being said, was there a lot of feet in this one? There are they are barefoot a couple of times. The opening at yeah. uh, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, 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 one of the opening oh, shots. I think on. is feet. Hang on. Yeah, I know. Because no, this is the thing that now we look at everything and go, oh, there were some feet. Yeah, people just walk at some point. Like when Tarantino does feet, Tarantino does feet. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> like, is it, is, is it, it Dusk Till Dawn like, where he's like sucking the toe? Yes. Yes, but but, I, but, the- but he doesn't. Do ironically, it. not not his film though. No, that's he writes Robert that. I don't know if he, he's it's 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 Rodriguez's film. He might have done some work on the writing, yeah. but it, yeah. Maybe. So I guess I guess it's some of him. But yeah, Maybe, yeah. But like you look at like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or you look at Pulp Fiction. <laughs> there's a lot of feet in that film. Those films. Kill, yeah. Kill Bill too. Like um, Uma Thurman. Like he he just spent a lot of time on her feet. See, I'm not trying into trying to kind of wiggle my big toe. He's like wiggle your toe. I'm I'm, I'm not into um. I'm not into feet. Well, I'm not into feet, but I'm not into I'm not <laughs> into like it, I'm, I'm, I'm not into like kung fu movies or I whatever those are. And you do so. And I, I haven't strong seen female. I haven't leads. seen Kill Bill. I'm not big on Uma Thurman. Yeah, I haven't seen Kill Bill either, but I like strong female leads. Yeah, hard same, hard same. So um, I've I've always been a QT fan. So, um, what about how's your feelings? Because this was George's first experience with with Hateful Eight and not Hateful Eight with Django Unchained and with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. So, is there something about his hyper violent style that you seem to really? Is it just like what is it about <laughs> Quentin? Because either it's, well, it's two rules: either you love the dialogue or you love the violence. It seems to be. I I I love them both. I love them both. Um, in the beginning. My my early fandom, 
I, w- I was a little, I was a little thrown, thrown back by how many times the N word appeared in this script yeah. of Pulp Fiction. Oh, Pulp Fiction. And yeah, yeah, I, I was like, oh, God. but then I started watching like his master classes, his interviews, and it came became clear to me that this is not a, this is not a racist man. This is a man that wanted to like, he, he wants to push the envelope. Mm -hmm. He wants to make you uncomfortable. And I appreciated that. Yeah, I appreciated that. And here there are scenes um, as far as in terms of like slavery that, you know, he was not afraid to go there. He, he had the, he had Samuel L. Jackson there as the, you know, super helpful slave that loved his master you know and then then i'm i will always maintain that the sister kisses were weird i don't don't know if anybody else (laughs) no we picked up on that i did sort of say even star wars went wait what guys (laughs) maybe maybe cut down on the sister loving a bit yeah yeah, he's like, this is my beautiful sister. Go check outside. We didn't mention that scream he does when he's out front. Where is my beautiful sister? Oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? It's really weird. And is if on cue, <laughs> ping, there she is in the doorway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really weird. Um, yeah, super weird. I did love her dress, though. Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm I, sure. I, I like. I like all that sort of. Era. I mean, I mean, the costume in general is very good. In oh, this film. very it good. Is, yeah, and I, I love um, Django's. Last outfit. Oh, the velvet. The purple. The purple, sorry. No, the, no, no. The, the, the last, last one. Well, he comes out and says, I look, re- I look really good in maroon, is it? What color is it? Yeah, I think it's maroon. Is it? Yeah, he yeah. mentions what color it is. Red. It's very darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dark red it's one. like yeah. maroon or mauve, I think. He doesn't yeah. say, I promise you he doesn't say mauve. He definitely doesn't say mauve. <laughs> 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 That's what a real hero says. I promise says. you he doesn't say mauve. That My nana says mauve. Yeah. <laughs> But, I yeah. think that that makes a better ending if he just says mauve. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, Julian, uh, we were talking before you came on about the idea that I think filmmakers still have to have the availability to go to all range of characters, including, you know, the Calvin Candy super racist dropping racial slurs, because that's those people exist in, 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 in the real world. And to remove that and pretend they don't exist, that, that doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anything at all. Showing a true representation. And the question is to not do it so that you're glorifying or fetishizing the use of racial slurs. Mm. So it's a really difficult tightrope to walk, but I think he does it. I do. I do. Yeah. He he does it really well, and that's something like I really appreciate about him as you know, as a screenwriter, as a director. I know you and I we have had conversations on Twitter a lot about how for me it's the script for me yeah always the first thing i notice is a script about a movie i've although bfe is like teaching me a lot about like cinematography and <laughs> like angles and whatnot Dutch angles. I, i'm starting to notice things you do though and you see things in different lights i have definitely <laughs> yeah i, I 
Yeah, I think it just opens up the opportunity. That, yeah, when those things happen, and we, and we mention it, and we, and we hope we don't come off. And by we, I mean I hope I don't come off. <laughs> as like pedantic it's or like... about you. Well, I don't really... Everybody listen. This is, a really, <laughs> this is a really salient scholarly point. But I'm like, those points where I'm like, no, but you need to re- like look at what this is doing and how this adds to what's already occurred in the story. I think those are really important. I think what's really good about us is we... <laughs> Well, no, because no, no, go ahead. we're so diverse in how we think. Yeah. And I think we come from things at different angles. Yeah. And we discuss these angles. Sometimes we fall out over these angles, <laughs> but we always come back and regroup. We go into our room and we sort it out in yeah, that room. that's true. Yes. We close the door. Usually it means I push the stop button and we talk it out. That's why I asked you, and we come out of what it. What is a spaghetti Yes, Western, I had no idea yeah. what it was, and you just kept saying, you're like, I don't know what's going on. Well, uh, Julian, when, when you think of Quentin Tarantino, is Batman the first thing that comes into your mind? <laughs> You'll hear no. this later. Because that may have been brought up, and we were like, what are you on about? I don't, I don't know. I just, you just thought I wouldn't know, like I'm, it. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, wait, is it Georgia that hates Batman? I'm yeah. the biggest Batman fan. Oh, I've yeah. seen all yeah. of them. I binge watched the Adam West Batmans. I've seen all the Batman movies, even the cartoon ones, Batman Beyond. Wasn't that, you? So how, yeah, that, that, how that, excited are you for for the, the Batman. Batman? I'm so excited. Robert Pattinson. I'm, I'm so geek. I just I want to see him because I know he's kind of pigeonholed into that um, the vampire character, and I was like, okay, I have to. See I have to unsee the sparkles and <laughs> and then believe him to be a Batman. So, like, I have to see that. Yeah, I think- uh, my my least favorite Batman is Batnips. Oh, that, uh, George Clooney. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think Bat-nips. Tenet was really important for important to me for or really instrumental in making that that ability to leave Pattinson's Harry Potter and Twilight years behind him. He's done really well because I saw him in Tenet and went, dude can act. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was really good in that. Yeah, he was. He's incredible in Good Time and The Lobster, which is just him and Willem Dafoe in one room. Oh, is there also a lobster? Just, not the lobster, the, the lighthouse. Oh, how do you make that mistake? <laughs> no, 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 because there's a movie called The Lobster, and also a big point of The Lighthouse is it's Willem Dafoe being like, "Did you like me, lobster?" And I always <laughs> think of the lobster scene. <laughs> I, I like the Louise. films. I like both The Lighthouse and The Lobster. Good movies. <laughs> A brief insight into uh, this is the guy mind. who's this is the guy who's picking the next week's movie. This oh, guy no. here. It's not The Lobster, by the way. We're gonna have to double check and make sure it's the right movie halfway yeah. through the week. <laughs> Jeez, I forgot. He was Tenet confused me so much. <laughs> I was. I spent the entire movie going. Wait, what just happened? That was what actually going back to the argument that we said earlier about do you have to if you have to rewatch a movie to get it the worst version of that is Tenet it is where you're like I can't get this until I watch the second time like, should, only, should I have to do that you only kind of get on board halfway through like what's going on yeah I've still not seen it mm. you can skip it cool. yeah. you know it's weird I think I should see it at the time but I'm like you can skip it yeah yeah uh, mm. oh I had something now I've just lost it oh drat oh, no. <laughs> that's okay. I'm a Batman, Batnips. <laughs> <laughs> what else was coming out there? Nips, well, they, was word, to, they were saying that they're going to set this up as a franchise, this Batman movie, with 
Well, everybody I, think I think of course, everybody Yeah, but yeah. he's had such a rough ride on this film. He doesn't want to do it, apparently. Oh, I don't buy that. Well, no, no, he's a, he's a massive Batman nerd. Like oh, is he? I, Robert, ba- yeah. yeah, he like he he was talking about the the mask of the phantasm, I think, which is like deep cut. Like no. my, he knows he knows his stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's my favorite Batman animated like, film. Like 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 Paul Dano's in this as the Riddler. Like I just can't. Yeah. Oh, I think it's in safe hands. I do. You got um. Oh, who's playing Commissioner Gordon? It's uh. Is it J.K. Simmons? No. Um. That's the that's the Snyder one. Oh, is it? It doesn't look like anything to me from uh. Westworld. Do I need to Google it? Doesn't look like anything to me. Bond, Bond's oh, yeah. best mate in uh, the Bond movies. Q? No, not Q. The the other one. Oh, him. Um, is he in Westworld? Yeah. All right. He's he's like um, his anyway. right hand man. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think not, now I want to know. What did you Google it later? Not M. We're not talking about M, are we? No, no. He's Who, the narrator the in What If. Um, who's the oh. character we're looking for? I don't I'm know just going to Commissioner Gordon in the back. Ethan, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Oh, like, okay, like the lead guy in Westworld. Not just a guy in Westworld. He, no, he's the lead guy in Westworld. I, I, he's, he's one of. I guess the first. Anyway, we'll leave that go. I, I always think of uh, Dolores. We're here to talk to Julie. We are. Not about Batman. Not about Batman or three, five, <laughs> f- five degrees of Ethan's brain here. <laughs> it's been a long week. Sorry, Julian. Oh, no worries. It's been a long what week. What else is too. coming out in the near future or oh, things you've seen? Uncharted. I want to see that. Okay, you're the only yes. one. Okay, you two are the only two. Wow, really? Yes. I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent. Julian, what is it? Is it is it, is it a Tom Holland love? What is it? Uh, it okay, well. If I had to choose a number two Spider-Man, it would definitely be Tom Holland. But no, it's because I used to play a video game. So I'm oh, okay, very yeah. interested in this. <laughs> I I like video games. <laughs> I really like Tom Holland. Um, people who have played the video game seem to be upset with the casting of Tom Holland, though. Saying he's yeah. not, is that Nathan Drake? Am I saying it right? Is that, is that yeah, right? Nathan yeah, Nathan Drake. Because he's like... 30, he's like 20 years too young to be Nathan Drake. Yeah. But Uncharted 4 was young Nate, and, so I'm, and Mark, I'm okay with it. And Mark Wahlberg's like 20 years too young to be his character. Oh, really? And he doesn't have yeah. a mustache. Yeah, so Sully's only characteristic is a mustache. I, I, I'll have to take this word. I do not know this game. No, no me either. I, I, I can see the game. box art. That's about it. Same. Yeah. Imagine Tomb Raider, but a man. But also good. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's it's uh, it's fun. I, I I love those games. I don't know, what about um what about Death on the Nile? Anything about that? Were you did you see the first one of those? The Murder on the Orient Express? No, you didn't see that. I think visually that's done movies. That shot well, movie singular. Well, the first. Well, I've seen a trailer. The sec- oh, the second one it looks nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's visually stunning. Yeah. But I, there's better versions out there than that one. Did you see Dune? Maybe. I saw Dune. Um, I think it's a beautiful film it it could have used some some more dialogue i mean story i didn't (laughs) yes yeah i did not read the book it's like a thousand page book and i was like no not reading this right now so from someone who did not have the background of reading the book i'm watching this thing and i'm just like that 
the the use the voice line was delivered a little bit edibly like it was a little bit edible the way she's like use the voice and he was like pass some milk (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like tenny villeneuve i mean i'm just what i'm expecting now is i'm expecting films that are beautiful to look at and films that story-wise leave me wanting more Mm. And I'm like, I thought Zendaya would have a bigger part. What, what gives? <laughs> it's a film that if the Academy Awards came out and it got a whole bunch of awards, I'd be uh, nominations. I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. Or if I got no nominations, I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it can go either way I for me. Yeah. It's a strange. I can't year, wait though. for the second one where everyone who watched the first one gets even more confused because those books are bloody hell. I think you just described the Matrix. Uh, did anybody? <laughs> yeah, no, literally, I- like Dune just gets weirder i haven't seen the new matrix um i was really up for it and then about a week later i'm like oh i think i'm glad i didn't see this because i remembered that most people loved the first one thought the second one maybe was building to something thought the third one sucked and just went okay these guys clearly don't know how to end how to end a franchise so what good is a is a is a is a legacy sequel 20 years later yeah true just cashing in on it i think you know some some films need to you know know when it's time to go like when to take their bow and then go i was i thought this film would be good when i watched it i was like really why though uh, let's have this julian's hot take then you said some franchises need to know when it's time to go away julian here we go i'm giving you ultimate power kill one <laughs> franchise that's still in existence only it's like that's one of those curious. it's like it's like one of the oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> even though see, it's only got one left though like like we know it's about to end don't we is but it what if they bring it back in 20 years <laughs> you know what mine is no. are you sure they're gonna end it you know yeah because i've, not seen I've signed one. on for another three yeah I, th- I think they're done this, i think though see for me it's fantastic beasts oh, i'm really? like let the harry potter yeah. stuff let the harry yeah, potter yeah. stuff die it's because they, they originally wanted to do four films out of it but it's five best- isn't it Oh, well, four or five, uh, but it's based yeah. on a textbook. Like so you're kind of reaching to begin with. It's, just it's like going. sixty pages as well. Yeah, how can really we? How can we get people to keep coming to that Harry Potter studio thing in London for the next like five, ten keep years? Current, yeah, because we've all gone and seen it now. So how do we do it? We make more movies, don't we? So there we go. Anybody else got one? You know one of the you, thi- you know you know one of the things about Harry Potter that people really like from a like a movie point of view was it was all practical effects. You know what everyone hates about fact it's all CGI. It's awful. Wait, wait. It's yes. all practical effects. A lot of Harry like, Potter. No, Harry, a lot of Harry Potter is practical effects. Oh, is it? Like, that, yeah. was that, that was the whole gimmick with the studio. Says, Look at the floating plates. It's actually strings. Woo, 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 woo. And this is That's just... why the studio look at, is such a big hit. How did they teach them to actually, like, shoot magic at each other? Oh, yeah, that one was the big one. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a hard one, but it took a while. <laughs> you know but, but, but the fantastic piece is like, look at the polygons. Aren't they pretty? Do you know what franchise <laughs> I'd cut right now? What's that? I'd cut the Marvel movies. You cut the Marvel movies. Yeah, I feel like we've had a good ten year run. Oh, I we, do. I do. Want, I, I do like worry about a, that. I feel I like do. Was it 40, 14 years now? Something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. I feel like wasn't it? I feel Iron like Man? we need a break from. Yeah. It. <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, Eternals wasn't really. I think somewhere I just, I'm still watching that. So. I was so bored. <laughs> it's still on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still on. As we <laughs> I'm, oh, still, I'm still not watched it. It's been on Disney Plus for like two weeks. It's not. I, I, have, 
I've had time. I just, just I know just I'm going to be conflicted. The hard part is, you know, but in like five years, they're going to do something. They're going to retcon something of time travel. It's going to be that first, like, like everyone's loving like Thor of a Dark World again now. And they're going to come back with this and be like, oh, see, you should have been watching. See, Eternals was really good after all. And I'll go, oh, yeah. Like, you know, the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's really great. And we're like, was he? <laughs> No, no, no. those films still suck. Yeah, I mean Andrew Garfield's a lovely guy, but the films yeah, are terrible. Yeah, Andrew Garfield's great, yeah. but I'm never. I don't. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Tasm Two ever again. Oh god, it's terrible. George but Eternals. It's funny that it's called Eternals because it just goes on for eternity. It does. Thirty it does. minutes into that movie, my husband was asleep. Oh, I was. <laughs> I was pretty angry at that one. I've seen a lot of Ant-Man kind of films, actually, lately. So you lately. couldn't fall asleep because you were that angry at the film? I was. That's the thing, yeah. <laughs> Usually if I fall asleep, I mean some somewhat indifferent. George, if you could kill a franchise. Batman. Oh, Sorry, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really a franchise? Is a re- yeah, I guess so. Reboot more than I guess. No, yeah. Um, I, can't, I, I don't really watch many franchises. I could do with Batman going away for five years so I can miss it. Yeah, well, I can I do with that. You know Marvel. what I mean? I can do with Marvel going well, away. I'm for so a while. looking forward to this new Batman. Oh, I am, but in the meantime, we had Batfleck, didn't we? Yeah. So what if we'd want from really Nolan's like him, Batman and we waited till Pattinson's Batman? Then I'd be like, yeah, yeah Batman. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, okay. Batman. Because <laughs> I, like I think Batfleck. I think Batfleck was was a good Batman. Batfleck. I just think he didn't get a chance to actually like do what he should do. Like, he wasn't given a good movie. To well, do anything he, with. well, he's coming back, isn't he? So, is he? Point. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's doing Batman again. Batfleck. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know he's this. signed on to do that Flashpoint thing. Flashpoint. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the Flash movie, but like, go. Oh, they're gonna do what they've done, like, because Keaton's doing. Keaton's that. in it. Oh, okay. Keaton's yeah, it. it's like uh, let's do Spider. Let's do Spider Verse. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. yeah. So there we go. There. So um, I'm trying to think. What else? Where else? Where else? I'm going to do a hot take. Star Wars. But should end. Yeah. I'm going to be real. Like, Disney Plus content. We're getting a bit too much. To be honest um, with you, I'm enjoying it. And I, this is me saying it. I'm I've enjoying had a rough Book of Boba Fett. I've right? had a rough week with Book of Boba and Man- Fett. And, and, and um, Mandalorian. Here's my question. Here is my I... question. Because we've all just gone around and said which franchise we want to see go. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. Yep. You know what we're not seeing any of, and that's like any sort of new movie that's not based off of an existing intellectual exactly. property whatsoever. You need a new independent movie. Like, where's... I mean, new storylines. Think of The Fugitive. Think of... Force Gump. Think of, you know, yeah. Pulp Fiction. Like, where are these movies coming from? Not getting funded. Yeah, everything's a spin-off of something. If Tarantino it? wasn't Tarantino, he couldn't get away with his films now. No. Like, no one will be bringing these sorts of stories out. Same with what's his face who does um who did Pan's Labyrinth and Shape of Water and those sorts of Guillermo things. Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. He only gets his stuff out because of who well, he is. Well Guillermo del Toro because he's foreign language, I think he had an entry point. Yeah. You Plus know what he's I mean? got a Pinocchio movie coming out this year, like Yeah, Pinocchio yeah. and Peter Pan are two children's stories that just won't go away. <laughs> Because yeah. they're, they're we've got three Pinocchio movies coming well, out this year. Well, well, it's it's because they're free, really? though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you don't have to pay any there's rights because it's in the public one. domain. Yeah, there's a Lionsgate one. There's a Disney one coming out with Tom Hanks. There's Guillermo del Toro. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. Pinocchio. How many different dead. ways can you tell the story? Well, of Tom Pinocchio. Hanks is gonna be Geppetto, Con, isn't he? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and there's one Con. with him. Isn't there one with uh, oh, what's that guy's name? He's like he's from The Shape of Water. He's like a, Paul Giamatti. Is he in one of them? 
I want to think he is. He, if not, maybe he be. The, it might be the Del Toro one. Um, there's there's one with um, Paulie Shaw. Paulie you know, Shaw, no. I love that guy. Paulie no. Shaw, he plays Pinocchio. It's Ooh. awful. His acting line is, no. but I want to go outside. I ha- Cinema's dead. Paulie Franchise Shaw just killed plays everything. Himself. I'm, a re- I'm really negative. I'm a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it was essentially that. <laughs> Wasn't there a film called Who Killed Paulie Shaw? No, I have no idea. <laughs> you know which one looks somewhat interesting? I'll give this one here. The one that's about Nicolas Cage knowing that he's Nicolas Cage. Okay, I've not heard of this. Yes. So basically, Nicholas Cage is thing. like owes like a million dollars to the IRS, right? And so, um, what's his name from, from the Mandalorian? Believe, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal plays this billionaire yeah. who wants Nicholas Cage to come to his birthday party, right? And so he comes to the birthday party for like a million dollars for like one afternoon of his time. But then as it goes through, they have to get in some sort of crazy adventure that forces Nicolas Cage to sort of reenact moments from his career. <laughs> so it's either going to be, it's like, it's like the cell phone. He's playing Nicolas Cage doing Nicolas Cage. That's cool. So it's like, it's either going to be an absolute train wreck or the best thing ever. I think it's going to be a train wreck either way, but it's either oh. going to be a spectacular train wreck or just a train wreck. Cause I was like pig. Have we done Nicolas Cage on the pod yet? Yeah, um, oh, we did, we did the rock, the rock. That's right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, upside down Al Pacino. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was Pig and Mandy, and there was one where he played like Jesus. Like he's just doing some. He's a box office thing for the worst, for the negative reason. Oh, I mean Nicholas Cage. I mean you have to realize in the late nineties, very early two thousands, yeah. Nicholas Cage was bank. Yeah, like you put oh, Nicholas yeah. Cage on your movie poster, Probably Snake Eyes, Man. Eight Millimeter, yeah. Con Air. Kind of- 60 seconds. Gone in 60 was, seconds. Yeah, Didn't like he win that. an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas? I think he did. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. So, like, you know, like Nicholas Cage, it could happen to you. Be lovely little movie, it could happen it to you. It could happen to you. It's Let's, a great little movie. I'll leave you a tip. This lottery ticket. We'll oh. go 50 50. Oh, it's brilliant. Love it. So, you know. Love it. Good film. There's some things there. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Julene, as BFF of the BFE, you get to yeah. take on a few extra responsibilities today. So we need from you a random word. Okay. Um, random word. Oh. Bounty hunter. Bounty, bounty hunter. hunter. I think people are going to start to... Liam has literally written down on his sheet, Bounty Hunter. I don't know if it's some sort of magic trick. Is that what you were going to do? Yeah. That's amazing. I also think people are going to appreciate a little bit when I put them on the spot. Like, oh, this is what Liam has to do because he can just throws to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he does. It's exactly what he does. All right. So Telepathy. There the question is, is this the longest yeah. film we've ever covered on the podcast? No. Is Titanic longer? It is Titanic. Yes. Well done, you. Yeah. Titanic at 3 and 15 is the longest film we've Both ever Leo done. Movies. Does he not do short movies? Leo really doesn't seem to do short movies. No. Catch me if you can. Even his, two hours, isn't it? Even his most recent one's like 238, 240. That one where he gets attacked by a bear is quite long as well, isn't it? Yeah. Well, hang on. That, the Revenant's long. Uh, what was it? Magno- it wasn't officially when we did, but Magnolia was very long. I don't know. Them. Magnolia, the one where he's like the, the one with the frogs drop on everybody. Oh. Um, we always forget we've seen it. And I said, Frog, yeah. you know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the only notable bit. <laughs> Three hours, eight minutes. Let's talk about the money, money, money. All about money, the money, money, money. money $100 million dollar budget. Really? Yeah, I think it might be his what? biggest budget to this point. Yeah. Do you think if I just wrote to Quentin, was like, could you just give me £100,000 for a house? Do you think he would? 
No. A hundred million. <laughs> if you enclose a photo of feet, possibly. It's not, it's not, <laughs> Quentin didn't go to his bank account and withdraw a hundred million dollars to make the film. He probably could, though, could he? <laughs> I mean, it's funny, Mike. Uh, Georgia, uh, what do you think this made? 560. 560? Yeah. Okay. Please, please don't do the, like, the, Sorry, the engine noises into the mic. <laughs> 230. 230. Ethan? 610. And Julian? I'm going in between 300 million. 300 million? 425. So no. Julian said Ooh. three. Who was close on the five front? Anybody? I 560. But 560. Okay. Yeah. Well I think done, Julian's Julian. got that one. Yeah. It is. I think I think it's the high. Is it the highest grossing? <laughs> it might be the highest grossing one. Probably. At one hour six minutes and 17 seconds christoph waltz's performance is the longest role at that time ever to win an academy award for best supporting actor wow, wow. yeah Whew. he's in it a lot though, calling that supporting is is a reach i think is this movie better i want to say this this movie is better when christoph waltz is in it yes yeah yes when when he died that last 15 minutes is missing something and his it name is. is christoph waltz yes yeah, and the last thirty minutes. Actually, you know is, what? You lose, you lose Christoph Waltz, and, and you lose Leo, and you lose Leo. Yeah, I in the movie. And then it turns into just Jamie Foxx versus Samuel Jackson. I don't know if that's really enough. No, it's not. Yeah, especially because Samuel Jackson doesn't fight back enough. If he if he yeah. dropped that, he's a seventy a year old man. What do you want him to do? Be like Pulp? Oh, you haven't seen Pulp Fiction? You will know my name is the I Lord. Strike down <laughs> upon me like with great dropped, vengeance and pure and, like, anger. Actually, fought back a little bit more. He'd be All like, right. eh, but he doesn't. To be fair, he does like mastermind the whole like we've got your woman speech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so um, it's since been passed though. It's no longer the longest uh, time on screen. Um, Marshala Ali for Green Book surpassed it. Oh, it's a good movie. <laughs> on the side note, anybody want to have a guess what the shortest amount of time on screen to win Best Supporting Actor is? Oh, I think I've seen Few Good Men. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Time. How long is he on screen for? 12 minutes. 12 minutes? I think it's like 1 minute 13 or something stupid. Okay, you're, you're way low. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can see you're way low. You're way, way low. low. <laughs> Ethan? Oh, God, I have no idea. Um, I'm going to pass. Oh, it's, it's literally just a guessing game, buddy. Guess some minutes between Julie? 12 and 1. Oh, I thought we meant people. No. I don't know, like 9. 9 minutes. And Julian? Uh. Uh, 10. 10. 10. I'm going to go with 10. See, I, I thought, think I just figured it out. This is where you have to tell us what you mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, was, I was given time of dramatic pause. It's um, Anthony Hopkins for uh, Science of the Lambs, right? No. A, he won Best Actor for that, best not actor. Best Supporting Actor. We just My mind is fuzzy today. Are, are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> no. We this, is, this is why you have to sit on one-game suspension. <laughs> um, See you in two weeks, everyone. I thought the answer was going to be Jack Palance in City Slickers. Oh, did you? When he played Curly. Yeah, he won yeah. an Oscar for that. Weird. He's only in a couple scenes. Like He's not in much at all. No. Uh, the correct answer is Ned Beatty in Network. Ooh. Six minutes, zero seconds. Wow. I know Dame Judi Dench wins a best supporting for like eight and a half minutes for Shakespeare in Love. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can do it. But an hour and 20, so one hour, six minutes, 17 seconds. That's a lot of time on screen. It is. I mean, that's almost mm. an entire normal film. Isn't now it? here comes for a really sad, um, sad stat, but I promised I was going to say it. How many times is the N word used in this movie? 
Oh, oh God. Uh, I know this, so I'm tapping out. Uh, I would I would say like over a hundred times. It's gotta be like a hundred or something. It's it's a lot. I my instinct was hundred and forty eight. Okay. Georgia? I'm going for around two hundred. Okay. You're way high this time. <laughs> I can't win these games. Julian's pretty close. One sixteen. Wow. Ethan, is that what you got? Yeah. I had one seventeen, but I was also including um like the little writing of it on one of the posters. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's the record for the most um, uses of that word in a film. Wow. Yeah. Great. Wow. Um, body count? Ooh. Oh, God. 67. What, 67? Yeah. Georgia? I don't think it's that high, but I'm going to be completely wrong again. I'm going to go 40. Okay. Ethan? Uh, 80. 80. And uh-huh. Julie? I'm going to go lower and say 50. You're really close, dude. Am I? 69, dudes! He did that on purpose. I didn't do anything on purpose. It was the actual No, no, Quentin did it on purpose. Maybe, that's a good point. Uh, Dr. Schultz uh, kills approximately 23 people. Django kills approximately 38. Uh, Although he doesn't kill anybody specifically, uh, Calvin Candy's responsible for at least two himself. Add in some other deaths like the Mandingo fighters and so on. 69. Wow. Who stole story is it Django's yeah I'm really trying to think of somebody else but really yeah me too I, I thought it was the Schultz Dr. Schultz I really like Dr. Schultz as a character, character but that wasn't his story his sto- it's gotta be Jake because it's all about Django freeing himself and his wife and, and overcoming yeah. Yeah. yeah even Schultz's yeah. story is about now, Schultz creating a, Django's story Schultz has an arc yeah yeah yeah, has an arc, and he tells he us what kind of what it is. I'm now responsible for your freedom and what you do with it. So the idea about yeah, so I'm going to get you to kill people. Yeah, <laughs> still uh, a good guy. <laughs> what is the story? I mean, that's a hard one. It's definitely some a commentary on what people are probably too afraid to talk about actually happening. So you show it in a hyper violent, almost comedic way to get people to actually acknowledge it. Freedom. I, I'd, I'd fall short of using the word comedic. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Satirical, maybe? Satirical. There is a, at times, a playfulness in the tone, but the tone is only playful when it's not about overt racism. Yeah. When it's, because this is wish fulfillment, isn't it, Julene? This is the idea that what happened if they got theirs back? What happened if we violently brutalized the plantation owner? Mm-hmm. In the same way, that, in the same way that Inglorious Bastards yeah. is wish fulfillment. What if we got Hitler in a room? Yeah. What if we locked? Yeah. What if we locked the storage room door on Hitler? What would we do there? Yeah, yeah. This is this is wish fulfillment. This is I want to walk out going. Well, that's not exactly how it went, but man, it was a good time. Yeah, definitely. Oh, see, even once upon a time in Hollywood with the ending as well. I mean, he does this now, doesn't he? He does this. Yeah. Revi- I think I said revisionist history in the in the little blurb I read at the beginning, but but it really is. Yeah. And, and, and there's a certain joy, I guess, that comes that comes from that. Um, yeah. Recapture the it, pain. Yeah, it's it's like you you want to you want to change it. You want it to make you feel good, but at the same time, he's like showing the absolute like the devastation. Mm. Um, the scene when the girl was going to get whipped for breaking eggs. Um, I cried when they pulled Kerry Washington out of the box. 
Yeah. She was like naked and they threw her on the wheelbarrow and I was like Well, they were groping her on the way up too. It's yeah. not just enough for her to take you out, but we're gonna like like, like grabbing her breasts as she's like coming out. Like you as well. <sighs> yeah, I was I I saw that I've seen this movie so many times and I've never not cried at that scene. Because even though the ending has changed, this these are real stories of people who the family is separated. People were treated like animals. These are real people. And the reality is, had they not pulled her out of that box, a lot of slaves died that way. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, it, it's, it gets you right in the feels, but then it's like, here, let me put something over that hurt I just caused you. Yeah, pull you out of it. Uh, it's kind of an interesting, interesting place to pivot on this, but I'm really glad we have two women now because today, because we can talk about role of women. Take it away, Julene. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't believe the role of women is really that strong in this because, look, the first woman we come across is no, not the barkeep, the the girl who shows him around, and she's like. So, so you want me to treat him like a white man? Oh, she's so and dumb. He's like, no. And she's like, so how do you want me to treat him, big daddy? Yeah. And I'm just like, no, like this is okay. Nice. Big, big daddy the, calls it the big house because it's big. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where he keeps all his meat. <laughs> it's like, yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah, it's she's not she's not very intelligent. Um. Brunhilda, she's a damsel in distress mm-hmm. that they have to go rescue. Mm-hmm. The same thing, the woman about to get whipped for breaking eggs, she needs to be rescued. And they're rescued. Oop, bye, man. <laughs> yeah. Georgia, thoughts? No, I agree. I'd like to have seen um, Brunhilda have some sort of um, agency in that last five minutes. Would have been nice. Have her go in with a gun as well, and have a bit of. Oh, but, but I think I think it does speak to the. Re- I mean, this is revisionist history. You can do what you want. That, if you, yeah, you want, you mean. could. So if, you, if we're doing that, but I'm just the whole idea about why don't they come back and attack? Because it's it's like an invisible wall. Yeah, that they can't get past. You know what I mean? In their own heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I get it, and I guess it ruins the like one in ten thousand thing. If then, if there's two yeah, of maybe. them, maybe. I think the rule. For me, I mean, role of women are never that great. It feels like in a Tarantino film. He does many things well. Writing women well isn't really one of them. <laughs> I've not seen Kill Bill, so I don't know. The, oh, that's right. Yeah, I haven't day. seen Kill Bill either. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll say Kill that. Kill Bill, um, the, the main girl in, uh, I was going to say Les Mis, in Glorious Bastards, I think she has the best story. Oh, she's good. Hang on. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. And maybe uh, Jessica Jason Lee's character in Hateful Eight, because that's more... That's not just like just, pretty woman. That that is hang on, vile. Though. Hang on though. It's hateful. It is one woman out of eight. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, no. She's, but she's, like, she's the plot reason. And uh, in this yeah. case, I mean, she don't be wrong. Jennifer Aniston is great in that movie. It's mm. just when you're one of eight. But this movie, yeah, I think the women here are plot devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and not, not that every movie has to. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we watched Steel Magnolias where the men were largely plot devices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was okay. Yeah, it was okay. That was okay. As long as not every movie you do. And I think Tarantino has shown, I, mean, I think I'm going to be against myself a little bit here, where I kind of unfairly went, women aren't really ever written that well in his movies. And actually, he's done okay, just maybe not in the ones that I'm watching a whole lot of. Mm. Yeah. To be fair, they're the mainstream ones, maybe not. He does. He does also show that the women in slavery get it not as bad as the men, but you do see them being treated harshly as well as the men being. Treated oh, I harshly. think the women here get treated. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it- so much worse. You get thrown into a yeah. shed on a bed, and when a guy wants to come by, that's what you're there for. She's not pretty enough. They said she's not pretty enough to, to, to be to be a house servant anymore. But she's not a field worker. They'll just she's a comfort. Yeah. yeah. Slave. But, um, a lot yeah. of the women we so, see, they're victims of fetishization. Yeah, they should, but the, yeah. he shows us that, which is something that you could just have the men just, it, it could just be men in this and then just the three girls that we see. But it isn't, yeah. he, the, you, we do see them going through other stuff as well, which is, I guess, accurate because it would have been, but yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go around. Favorite character, favorite character. Start with, uh, let's start with Julene. My my favorite character, I don't, I don't know, I'm probably going to get canceled, but Leo DiCaprio did a really good job at portraying his character. He's an all-time great villain in this piece. Yeah. yeah, he is like the meanest of the mean villains. You hate him through <laughs> this film. Especially when you have this depravity mixed with this whole like southern gentlemanly charm, yeah, you know what I mean. And he's it's like southern clever. hospitality. And you're like, I just want to punch because in that moment, we all, in some sort of wish fulfillment, we both want him to shake the hand so it's over, yeah. but we also can't have this movie end without DiCaprio dying. No, that has to happen. Yeah, uh, Georgia, I really like Doctor Schultz. Doctor Schultz, he's my favorite. I like him a lot. Sounds like a foot insole. <laughs> in, in, in North America, we have some insoles called Doctor Scholes. Uh, okay, yeah. he's just very—he's very funny. He's very charming. I like him. Well, I, I thought it was going to be a unanimous decision. Uh, yeah, same. Yeah, Doctor Schultz. Schultz. Yeah, I loved him. He's—I've only seen this film twice, and the first time I watched it, I could not take my eyes off the screen with him. I thought he was amazing. Uh, Ethan, favorite feels really bad now. Um, Stephen, just because his story is. Oh, it, it it is just so destructive, and it's true and painful. And there's this moment right before he dies where he's like, "They're net, they're always going to find you. You're never going to be free," type of thing. And it's that that one moment where sort of the mask slips, and he admits that everything in his life is just terrible. And it, I I don't say I like that that dynamic. But it's it's very captivating and it's it's very true and like the most heartbreaking way. Okay, I'm gonna go. My favorite character uh, is is Christoph Waltz as 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 Doctor Schultz. Um, the, he says it was written for him, and he felt it was a bit too much on the nose. Man, does he ever run with that? He's brilliant at and it, and he's great, and he's likable, which is kind of a weird thing to say about a bounty hunter, even if he is an antihero. Yeah, the most important character in this film. Yeah. Most important character. Because without him... Oh, no, I, 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 he's, he's I'm pivoting. pivoting. I'm oh, pivoting. okay. <laughs> the most important character in this film. <laughs> and I want you guys to remember this when we do the besties at the end of the year, because you guys always do something else around here. When it comes time for best villain, 
and oh, you guys I mean, choose yeah. the cool villain, I want you to remember the guy who's the maybe the most unlikable villain we're going to come across all year, which is Calvin Candy, Leo yeah. DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. He's so important in this film. He's unlikable, but there's still that charm about him that makes him... Like, that's how he's got to where he is. Someone it's, else yeah. could have done... Maybe not as well. No. Someone else could have done... Maybe Django. Someone else could have done... Maybe Christoph Waltz's character. Maybe mm-hmm. kind of, sort of. I think this is a special performance by Leo DiCaprio in this role. It does remind me of his great and beyond performance. Yeah. Even without the urban legend of yeah, the hand, yeah, yeah. but that's a whole other level onto it. But, um, having the, the, How's that for a practical effect? Having, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like having the the doohickey with um, the using the N-word, you know, yeah. and hit, struggling with it. And then having Samuel L. Jackson say to him... And you know, Tarantino beforehand, going, yeah, like, you yeah, need yeah. to bring this. And to having the courage to just go all out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and there had to have been a weird headspace for him, too, when you have to, like, play a character that's so unlike you. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like that speaks to his growth as an actor and his talent. I, I remember watching him in Basketball Diaries. Oh, good film. And this is... Like, this is just not the same dude. Like no. he really, he has really grown as an actor. He has. <laughs> uh, best moment, best element, Julie. Say goodnight to Miss Caroline, ladies. That was. <laughs> what <it> was. <laughs> <laughs> Exit stage left. Love it. Wing. Georgia. <laughs> I, I really like the use of. I really like the use of music in this and scoring. Mm. I thought is I have because I've not seen a tarantino film before the sudden stops and things got me and then i was going oh i quite like this like it wasn't it, w- it wasn't egregious i enjoyed the different styles so yeah, yeah i'm going with that uh it's beautifully shot um but my okay, i'm gonna have an honorable mention the lady fainting <laughs> i love that that made Funny, me laugh yeah. out loud yeah. um my best moment is the leo scene with when he yeah the hand mm. that's a powerful scene yeah, very, very powerful. I mean, even though we did talk about how the blood when it gets wiped down the face is fake blood at that point. Yeah. But still, taking that and running with... Oh, it's, it's, it's such a violation, mm-hmm. which is part of what makes this character so fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can feel the force of it. Ethan? Uh, I'm going to cinematography. I, I, yeah, I, I like the way that Tarantino is able to just shape a film fully. Like, it is... It, 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 like choreographing a dance he just knows exactly how to hit beats to every single note and it it makes this story so much more personal the closer you get to it and it's so um intrusive throughout the entire film and it makes a lot of the scenes even more uncomfortable than they already are and it places you there in a way that some filmers would have more static shots but this is just always there always front and center and you get every possible angle to just really create the the pain <laughs> sorry ethan i mean you, you, you're doing your bit but it was like it was really drawn out you kept stopping and starting and I was just <laughs> yeah like, i don't know what i don't know how to end was, it i was like what, speech, what am i trying to think of your speech was almost yeah. as long as the movie it's difficult <laughs> <laughs> 
It's hosting things more difficult than you think. Um, I'm going to go for mine. It's the introduction to... It's the first act of Dr. Schultz, oh. where you find out how ahead of the game he is of everyone else. And yeah. we're like, we're in the same place as Django. We don't know what he's doing. Nope. And then when we find out as he finds out, and that's a really important thing in creating this mythos about this about this guy, who then we see him constructed, and then we're in the second half of the movie deconstructing him and watching all that get taken away. Yeah. I think that's really important because eventually Django's going to have to live life without this guy. And how do you do that? Make him seem like Superman at first. Yeah. Yeah. So I would go with that. Uh, Grumble. Grumble. Is there any, Julian, is there anything about this film you do not like? <laughs> uh, a lot of, a lot of the, the N words. Um, I was on, I was intensely uncomfortable with the weird sister kisses. <laughs> I yeah. just that was just so weird. Um and the scene where Django's upside down and dude's got his hands yep. on his um, tell you. man man bits. Man bits I, I just it was so it I I was like, this is so unnecessary. What is he doing? <laughs> Talk, he he was talking about castrating Django. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I find this really interesting because during slavery, on cer- some plantations, they for slaves that would not comply, male slaves that would not comply, they would rape them. They would sexually rape them and call it buck breaking because mm-hmm. to get them in line. So that scene was so uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Wow. I must say, I wasn't expecting to see an actual penis. Did we? Yeah, it's there. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it, like, flops out. What's your grumble, Georgia? Um, just that some of the scenes go from being the hyper-violent, almost comic book-esque, bright red blood flying everywhere, to the scene with, like, the dogs, where that's that's not that anymore. That becomes very, very realistically and disgustingly violent. And that, and with the the two men when they're fighting as well, like they he does both of the different styles of like gore and those sorts of things, and one I can cope with and one I can't. So yep. for me, the grumble is that he went too far over my threshold like once or twice. But actually, for what I was was told, I was actually quite all right with this. So yeah, Liam, uh, two really. I didn't like the horse getting shot by Schultz. Okay, um, sorry. Uh, I just didn't. No horses were harmed. The no, I know fun. they weren't. I know they weren't. <laughs> but straight away, I because I like the guy. Yep. Um, and then to do that, that kind of tarnished him a little bit for a bit. Um, and also the the dogs eat tearing that guy apart. That I struggled so hard with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just remember to do that that smart ass, not smart ass thing, but I'm gonna. Go, Wait, you're supposed to. Yeah, I Cause, know. Because that, that's the thing that he's going to struggle with later on. So, yeah. yeah. But no, I agree. I mean, is it necessary? I don't know. I'm glad he cut it. He, he I, cut it down. I, 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 Can you only imagine what it would have been before? I couldn't have, I couldn't have watched. I'd rather see the reactions on their face and hear it than watch it. Yeah. Because e- that I would have struggled completely with. Ethan, a succinct grumble. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make this as succinct as I can. Um, I really struggled with this film. Um, just... It, it it's a bit too gratuitous, I feel, in the way that it uses certain words and um, flips its tone to go from being sort of jokey satire to a very serious, very, very impactful, damaging scene. Um, 
some of the use of the n-word are for jokes especially like oh look it's an n-word on a horse kind of thing and it's supposed to get some sort of chuckle because this isn't what you see and it gets to a point where it feels too much even for the time period for me and every single utterance of the word is just like difficult but the tone that shifts between i know it's the point and it is that revisionist thing but it gets to a point for me where i don't think tarantino went, no, knew how far and he wanted to go for some things and also wanted to do his his niche his sort of shtick ethan i'm gonna i'm gonna say i mean you said that it feels like it's too much even for its time that overuse of the n-word i'm gonna push back a little bit and go oh, no, I've lived I, in areas I know, I know where you're situations where this word is thrown around ridiculously oh, yeah, no. mm-hmm. but with I, I i i totally get that there are some films that use it less like 12 years a slave yeah, i'm not trying to much. justify oh no no i, I don't i word. don't think you are I, I i think there's there's ways you can do it and i totally understand for the realism it just gets to a point okay. for me where the tone flip flops and i can't feel it be justified for myself okay um here's me um <laughs> It feels like this is a five-act movie rather than a three-act movie, and act five wasn't necessary. Yeah. The right. return. Everything from when he gets caught, and they go, I've got... We're going to extend this because... Yeah. Have this... He could do the same thing. He could rescue... He's, he's behind that cabinet, right? Yeah. You could have him end the movie, still kill Steven, the jobs, say, say goodbye to Miss Whoever. Mm-hmm. You could do it there and chop 15, 20 minutes off your movie. And that would have been a better movie. Because it's a dense movie to begin with. There's yeah. still scenes I could have cut beyond, and no one's going to tell Tarantino, cut more for the most part, because he is an, a legend and an auteur of our time. Yeah. But he does lack a little bit of restraint, I think. Yeah. And it could yeah. be in what Ethan's talking about with his you know, hyper-frequent use of the N-word. It could be the hyper-violence. It could be, you know, just just, just another scene, another scene, another scene. Let's do a whole little scene about the masks. A funny scene, but is it necessary in in the story? Maybe kind of. By the time the movie's over, was that scene necessary or important? I don't think so. So it's things like that. It's a bit bloated and definitely doesn't need everything after... um, Doesn't need any of the stuff with the mining company or the return. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I feel film like the con- mask scene was telling us that that Dr. Schultz was like smart and like ten steps ahead of everybody else. It was, I I feel like that was the purpose. And also to to break up the seriousness and stuff. Uh the seriousness of the movie also to tell us that this man is smart. I agree with because all the in a vacuum. As, yeah, they came across as unorganized. Hmm. But when you put them together, it's like, okay, we need this and this and this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you take a kid to the shop and you say, you can have two, two candy bars. <laughs> or you can have one toy. Choose one toy. They have five toys. All the toys are fine of themselves. But yeah. I said, you can have one. Yeah, yeah. And it's like he wants all the toys. <laughs> yeah. um, anybody's best role ever? Probably the best thing I've seen Leo in. You think Leo? No, okay. I've seen him. In- I've seen him in better things, but I do yeah. like him in this. I like him. I've, in this. I've not seen many Leo. I forget what I gave my number one Leo pick to, but Jamie. Sam Jackson's got a more new. Oh, might be the Departed. I've seen her in other things. Jamie Fox. So I think even Jackie Brown. Oh, this is my favorite Jamie Fox. Yeah, because I'm not. I don't really like Jamie Fox, but I quite. I, I say I quite like him. I don't like him as an actor, but I like. I like his performance. Is good. Like his performance yeah. in this. Yeah. I can't say it's Jimmy Fox because he's he was in Ray and I haven't I really seen Ray. I haven't Ray. seen Ray. I thought he did a fantastic job in Ray. Um Oh Amazing Spider Man too? 
<laughs> oh yeah. yeah, let's have dubstep man say itchy spider crawl up the water spout. <laughs> no. Um that film brought him down for me. Yeah. Okay, I think it's time for this but oh, do I remember the right one? I have no idea. Here's hoping. I never wanna hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? And as always, thanks to Moonlight Social for our little age game Diddy yeah. Ethan. Keep it tight today. Keep it tight. What we got? Yeah, it's tight and it's actually going to be accurate. So first, <laughs> I just like made fun of him, but we got Jamie Foxx. Oh. 36. 40. I was going 46. I was going to say 35. George was the closest. 44. Wow. wow. Oh. Then Christoph Waltz. Hmm, 58. 62. 59. 60. Uh, 55. That's me. Well done. Hey! Yeah. Woo. <laughs> and then we get Leo. Oh. I don't even know how old he is. I'm going to go 44. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit that button again. Uh, 42. 38. 39. George the closest, 37. Hey. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Only recently got to 40. Uh, well, at that point. And Sam Jackson. 65. 72. 68. Let's say 64. Julian's the closest, 63. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. And, yeah. and finally, the only real woman in this, Kerry Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, 34. 35. 28. 30 even. Liam's nailed it, 34. Woo! Tenure difference. Oh, wow. There we go. Yeah. They always tend to go for a younger female lead, don't they? Yeah. Uh, Georgia, yeah. critics, what do we got? We have got Robbie Collin from the Daily Telegraph who says, as in all of Tarantino's best films, there is a strange and brilliant magic at work here. A dark, bubbling alchemy of art and junk. I just like the use of alchemy there. Ayo <laughs> Scott uh, from the New York Times says, it's digressive, jokey, giddy, brutal, and ferociously profane, but it is also a troubling and important movie about slavery and racism. Uh, Stephen Ray from the Philadelphia Inquirer says it's a live-action, head-exploding, shoot-em-up cartoon. Sometimes it crackles, crackles, and sometimes it merely cracks. And then one last one from Richard Roper. Um, Ropes. Oh, wait, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Tarantino gives us an American spaghetti western that's a bloody good time from start to finish. All right. Bloody good time. Yeah. Bloody good time. Actually, it's quite well done. Roper was Ebert's partner for a while. Though, oh, so, yeah. was he? Ebert and Roper at the movies. Uh, I put out the fleeces I always do to the uh, to the fledgling fandom as Georgia looks up the the, 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 the Patreon shouts. Got him. Um, I said, we're recording on Django Unchained. Uh, what did you think of the flick? Uh, share your thoughts as per usual. Uh, 56% said Django is a great film. Oh, yeah. yeah, so number one by a runaway. Uh, Alex from Ashley Finance. I love Django Unchained. I think it's a very well done film with some fantastic acting all around. Christoph Waltz definitely earned his Oscar here. Side note, I love that Christoph has the range to go from his role in Glorious Bastards to what he does here. Amazing. Well, to be fair, Leo goes from Jack and Titanic to this. Yes. just uh, Maybe not one after each other, but still. Uh, Hermes says, might be the greatest Western action love story, bromance, drama, comedy ever made. In my opinion, it is the greatest. The acting style, soundtrack, story, I could go on forever. I would easily, I wouldn't be one to easily quickly hand out a 10, but if this would be one of my top contenders if I voted. And of course, you 
want to vote, you got to be part of the Patreon. you got to be part of the Patreon, the BFE. We kept it simple for you. Chance Widmore says, honestly, I haven't bothered to see it at this point. Not sure why, but it didn't click for me. Well, give it a shot, Chance. It's a good movie. Your next favorite movie, Josh, has great performances all around, but DiCaprio really stands out as Calvin Candy. Not my favorite QT, but definitely in the top half of his film filmography. I think I'm probably on that page. Mm-hmm. Chuck and Ruff go to the movie says, given my general dislike of Leo, I feel this movie doesn't come alive until we meet his character. Hmm. Well, you don't have a villain yet. I think you must know that part. That's true. Carlo says, overall, I liked it, uh, but I probably should rewatch it. I remember having issues with the last act. That said, the performances are great, especially DiCaprio. Love him in this. Uh, we've got. I'm sure he's gonna come up later, but we've got the. We've got a tweet from the Yeet Meister, <laughs> who says this was a hit with my friends in high school. We quoted the hood mob scene for days. Also, I believe <laughs> Jamie Fox acts better when he doesn't have to speak, like Hayden Christensen in episode three. <laughs> I killed younglings. <laughs> uh, my sister Kirsty says I wanted to watch this before you recorded, but the rest of the household has COVID. So to oh. bed I go. I'll catch you all on the flippity flop. Well, today that line's gonna go to Julie. So we'll let that happen in a bit. Um, which okay, Julian responded. It's like meta. I'm referring to this as we go along. <laughs> that effing show says good film. Only thing stopping it being great for me is the last act being a little drawn out. I'm right there with you on that one. Mm-hmm. The Wolf and the Shepherd Pods. The best part of the movie is the masks and the dude getting mad that his wife spent all day making them and no one appreciates them. <laughs> that is really funny. Ratchet Book Club. Hey, that's a friend of yours, I think, Julian, isn't it? The Ratchet yeah. Book Club. I truly, what up, Derek? <laughs> I truly enjoyed nearly every moment of this film. It was succulent. That's a very emotive word it is. Uh, dumber everyday podcast says if django was in memphis that's all i got okay uh the fn nerds podcast would say it's great but not tarantino's best runs too long i think which throws the pacing off during certain stretches the movie is dense there's that word again and there's a lot of scenes i look forward to when watching step taylor says just under pulpy and glorious b he tried to give it a ray a vote a number but you only get that on the patreon, patreon. voting rights on the patreon and finally bigger movie pod from cambridge here in the uk Woo! bloody hey. love this film nicely done tarantino at his best such a great cast i Amazing soundtrack. P.S. When are you going to guest on our pod? You know me. I'm everywhere. Give me a shout. I'll come to the pod. Um, everybody else, depending on who's available to, by all means. Um, so there we go. So now it's time for the Patreon. What do they think about this? Yeah, so we've got one from the Yeetmeister. Yeet! <laughs> <laughs> he says, Jackson and DiCaprio give outstanding performances. Well, I think Waltz was better in another inglorious film. This paired with a good score of soundtrack and mostly good cinema... cinema cinematography helped to elevate the experience however the editing is rough in some places and the fight in the house is a lot more gratuitous than i remembered in high school i would have given this a 10 but with another watch comes another score all right beautifully written well done you master reverend bruce says hallelujah (laughs) says reverend bruce and mrs reverend bruce both love quarantine Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Holiday. Miss Reverend Bruce sat Django out. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's not what he said. Was it Holiday? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, sorry. <laughs> Miss Reverend Bruce sat Django out far too violent for her. This is a great film. Great performances by Jamie Foxx, Leonardo and Sam Jackson. Loved seeing both Tarantino and the house get blown up. Normally, I don't like so much violence, and I, but I agree with Jelani Cobb of The New Yorker that the violence in Django is deployed as a kind of spiritual redemption in a revenge movie that has that has just cause, not the lost cause of the Confederacy. 
That was a lot of big words, Reverend Bruce. We've been talking for three hours. <laughs> uh, Chris Peterson says, I'm not a big fan of Western films, but with it being Tarantino, I gave it a go. I was surprised at how good it actually is. The cast is stellar and everyone's performance is top rated. Brilliant soundtrack and cinematography throughout the entirety of the film. Definitely in the top three Tarantino films for me, behind Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. And then finally, we have got Dwayne Smith. She says, my wife and I are massive Tarantino fans. We have seen all of his films at the cinema apart from... Uh, from Kill Bill onwards, except for Inglorious Bastards. We actually saw Django before I beat. had not seen Christoph Waltz before. I was amazed by his performance. His on-screen presence instantly drawns you in. He's so charismatic and likeable. Django is one of Tarantino's most accomplished films. It has all of his hallmarks, but somehow feels different to his earlier films. It is as funny as it is disturbing. Jamie Foxx is excellent as Django. Leo DiCaprio is instantly hateable and then manages to build on that to make you hate him more the house scenes are so tense and the obligatory violence at the end is epic i love all tarantino's films and this one is my favorites all right so that's what the fledgling fandom thought uh how about our ratings our ratings let's start off with liam let's do that liam what, what, do, you, what do you think about this buddy i i do like this film uh, i struggle in parts um it's a beautifully shot film i love the soundtrack but every tarantino movie is driven by the soundtrack. Mm. It's it's amazing. Uh, um, what's his name? Christoph St- Christoph Waltz. Waltz, um, brilliant in this, and he steals the show for me. Um, and Leo, phenomenal. Um, so I'm going to give this a strong eight. Chain links unchained by Django. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Django unchained the chain. Shackles? Shackles. Shackles. Yeah. Oh, eight. Oh, he unchained, right. He's unchained. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> eight unchained Django's. You know me. I, I, I did. These on the spot. <laughs> I, I love because everybody you do, I go, all right, I got to think of what to <laughs> Yeah, strong eight. Uh, next up, I've got Georgia. Um, I was surprised how much I actually enjoyed this. I had to look away a few times, but it wasn't major. I didn't feel like i wasn't put off by it in the same way that i think ethan was which is strange for it's kind of backwards rever- reverse roles really for <laughs> me and ethan on that yeah. um but i did enjoy it i liked the social commentary that it brought and i enjoyed it as a as a standalone film as well um and it would make me interested in watching some of the later tarantino stuff as well i don't think i want to watch the early stuff if he was more gory in the earlier times i don't think he was i think he was he was less gory in the early times i, I think, think it gets yeah. gorier now yeah pulp yeah. fiction's nothing compared to this i no. would like to see yeah. pulp fiction okay. i haven't seen it so yeah that's definitely going on my There's list like of one if he's seen a pulp fiction that i want to see um so i'm gonna give this film eight and a half unharmed horses i gotta be honest <laughs> i was not expecting when we turned this on today for you to give it eight and a half i, I enjoyed it there I we mean neither there we go uh ethan uh, I'm not going to come out and be like super negative about this because it, this is a really well-made film and my issues are like solely just from a, this is a very uncomfortable, very true thing. And they're, they're like, I can't fault the film for telling. Can we share truth. your viewing experience? Is that okay? Or do you want me to not, to not bring that up? No. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I've been in so London you, for a bit. So you watched this and you're, yeah. you watched it with your, with your g- girlfriend, right? Yeah, I watched it with my girlfriend and her family. And you are the, um, and you were the only white guy in the room. I was the only white guy in a room full <laughs> of um, Ghanaian and Gambian people. And let me tell you, three minutes in, I I, I hated every second of it. That's got to um, be a very different viewing experience. What we have—it's a very different viewing experience, as well as like 
stories that I've been told by those family members. Yeah. I've had I've had aunties tell me very very upsetting things, mm-hmm. and you know, close to the slave trade. So it's I've I've seen it in a very different light, and I'm trying not to let that like influence it too much. But there there's truth in it, and it's very painful truth. Mm-hmm. And I I as much as I had issues with it, I'll also credit it for being you know it says it very very openly um and even with the issues i have with the final act the final 30 minutes is just a bit too long and the tone's a bit over the place it's still masterfully done uh so i'm going seven and a half poorly made white bags out of ten. Seven and a half poorly made <laughs> hey man someone's wife spent all day on this <laughs> I, I know julie don't ask me your minds for sure <laughs> Julie, not just part of the Patreon on the, the general vote. You got your own single own vote. It weighs as much as yeah. Liam's or mine or George's or Ethan's. So you are wearing your <laughs> I'll catch you on the flippity flop t shirt representing yeah. the BFE. <laughs> That's the first time I've seen one in person. It's really what, cool. A, a flippity flip flop one? Any of the t-shirts. Oh, oh there's a few of them out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's really so it's cool. Quite good. Which you can get a hold of uh, if you catch a head on our uh, link tree, really. Uh, that's the best way to do it, and that's on our Twitter homepage. So go cool. ahead and give that a shout. But, Julian, what are we giving... Uh, I'm going to say Glorious Bastards. What are we giving <laughs> Django Unchained? Um, I'm giving it nine weird sister kisses. Nine, nine <laughs> weird sister kisses. I like it. Yeah. Ah. Uh, me yeah you um it's all about, about you see it's weird because tarantino is like tarantino's like pixar in the sense that like the the bar for me is so high uh-huh, okay I was wondering oh, not like about. batman <laughs> <laughs> hyper violent third acts <laughs> racial slurs everywhere <laughs> you guys must have seen a different monsters inc to me <laughs> Oh, damn, that new Lightyear movie's definitely hitting yeah. somewhere else. Uh, no, in the sense that the bar's really high. The bar's really, really high for what I expect. And then I go, if it's an all right Tarantino movie, that's still better than, like, so many other movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I got to conclude Christoph Waltz in this. Uh, yes. Jamie Foxx, oh, he's cool. And I, I don't know if there's much more, like, I don't know if it, no disrespect, I'm not sure it, it, it was written with a whole lot for him to do acting-wise. No. I think he's just got to kind of look cool. And be the guy whose sole focus is I'm rescuing my wife. Mm-hmm. But be measured and be all those things. And I think the cinematography helps him out his acting performance just as much as his performance does. Oh, yeah. So uh, Christoph Waltz is really good. Leo's fantastic. He is. Uh, the music mm. and the scoring is great. I loved all the bits where the doors would shut and it would Same. just stop the music. Same. I really did. And then I just can't get past the fact the movie's nowhere near as interesting once Christoph Waltz and Leo disappear. <laughs> and not. you ask me to stick around for 20 more minutes. Mm. And I'm like, um, the best part of the movie's over, dude. It is. Like, just get the part where he gets the girl and goes or he die. give me something and yeah. it was just it was just unnecessarily lengthening it out so i am going to give it eight and a half shards of glass i'm picking out of my hand Ooh. out of ten <laughs> nice. so that was me i really like the film i do yeah i do yeah. there's just some things where my expectations of a tarantino film are are of a certain place and just it just it's weird it's not too often i say story was my problem with a tarantino film mm. And it was just just too much, too yes, much. Yes. You can't have all the toys, Quentin. You get one. <laughs> Throw a few of them out of the prime. You get one. Uh, Georgia, where now does the Patreon, when we put them all in a bowl and spin them around, what do they get? 
we get 8.25. Wow. Wow. That is the highest of, since we've done the Patreon. Yeah. yeah. That is the high, usually you've brought the best Patreon film ever, at the very least. Yes. (laughs) Because that's the highest that they've liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We've done about four or five now, I guess. I mean, Reverend Bruce's film kind of, it was like a six point something. <laughs> so definitely. Charts of Fire. Charts of Fire, yeah. yeah. And then some of them, you know, we just challenge sevens or things like that. But 8.25, that's pretty. That's pretty good. good. This will be this will be a very high. When we put it in the blender, when we put it all up, I'll, I'll let people know what it is, what it is. It's going to be very high up there. So maybe I'll mention next week where on the list it fits. But it's, I got to think it's a top 10 film. Yeah. Based on these numbers, I got to think yeah. it's a top 10 that, film. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be an. It wouldn't even be against that. Yeah, no, like me. I. I, I I respect this film a lot, and it does so much well. It, oh, it's no, like, it's no Paddington. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's no Paddington, <laughs> and it's no blippity dippity. It's no, no Grease. No Grease. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of bad films we've done, and I couldn't think of any. Hitman's Bodyguard. <laughs> I like. Hitman's I wasn't Bodyguard. there for it's that. It's an okay and I burned film. Out I know, my mind. It's an okay film. It's an okay film. It's so, a Boxing Day movie. Uh, we want to give thanks as we do every episode on the way out to our Patreon backers. We got Reverend Bruce. We got Dwayne Smith. Ooh. We've got Katie McRae, Lena Ober. Holzer, Ensony and Davies making it so. Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, the Yeet Meister. And of course, today's episode <laughs> brought to you by BFF of the BFE, Julene. I hope you had all Woo! the fun this week. Yeah, oh, we did. I had all the fun. All the fun. <laughs> now, Ethan, you've got a tall order to pass things. We had a very yeah, popular movie with do. a guest who brought it as well. So what are you yeah. bringing to us next week? So it's a film that I've wanted to see for a long time after a couple of you guys have not stopped singing its praise. We've mentioned the director a couple times today. Shoot, Ian's I know, mentioned I, I know, the name of the movie. I know where he's going with this. Do you guys know where he's going with this? Not a clue. He's taking it's my been hundred. Yeah, he's doing it. It's been 104 episodes since we last did a film by him. I know nothing about this film. We're doing the prestige. We're doing the prestige. Give me my camera. Spread it around on me. Spread it around on me. I can't. It's on thingy. Is it on me? You can't spin it. It's recording. You can't spin it when it's recording. Can you just move the camera? Well, I've turned it around then. I mean, just literally physically move it. (laughs) (laughs) It was like that was one of my chambers. I'm so. I'm the look at his face. I was so excited. I. Are you watching closely? Such a good film. Have you seen this before? I have. You have. You haven't seen this before, Ethan. This is my first time. I've been. I wanted to see this for so long. Stay away from anything. Do no research. Don't worry. I'm not. Wow. I've waited until we could do it, and this this is me going. I'm impatient. Wow. Little Miss Sunshine was like episode ninety (laughs) eight. I'll say this to anybody out there. This was one I had in the chamber. Yeah, this was one I had in the chamber. So I thought it would right. be. I was worried for a second. All right, such is. I, I've never seen it, so uh, I'm, I'm going to have to watch. Do not listen to the podcast not, before watching no, this. No, 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 no. Do no research. Do no research and just, just watch it. But put the phone away. Absolutely. Put the phone away and just because you need it. You need to go because about forty five minutes in, you'll be like, "Am I getting this?" You only get one watch. You only get one first watch of this film. So yeah. definitely, definitely. Uh, give it that. For, so I am. Wow. That is magic. Woo! <laughs> there we go. So if you want to be like Julene and who doesn't, who doesn't, right? If you want to be like Julene, if you want to bring a movie to the pod, if you want to join us here on the pod, if you want to try and if I'm going to be honest, if you want to live up to the high standards, Reverend Bruce and Julene have brought as guests, Absolutely, yeah. March is still open. 
March is still open. If we don't get me for March, yeah. we're just, just going to reset the dial and go back to Reverend Bruce. But if you want in on that March, <laughs> Reverend Bruce on the other side, go come on. He's like nobody else, <laughs> nobody, nobody else, nobody. <laughs> if you want in for March, that spot is still open. Patreon.com slash BFE. What would you bring to the table? What would your voice be? Yeah. So consider that. So please join us next week when we look at Christopher Nolan's magician tale of infamy with the prestige mm-hmm. for best film ever uh, i've been liam i've been ethan i've been Jolene. and i've been georgia and you know what we're trying to build something here something strong something powerful in a way you could call us podcast hercules <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity flop the flippity flip flop And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. And is, was that lag or is the lag that attention? bad for you or are you not paying attention? No, I literally watched for like bad. two seconds. All the lag's you guys are oh, waiting for me. This should oh, be fun. No. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to try disconnecting <laughs> and reconnecting. I don't know if that'll help. I can try. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit much. Because <laughs> that's still going to be two seconds delayed. No, well, look. That's yeah, but on one. his end. Oh, wait, oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Gumbo. Yeah, let's try this again. I'm going to say a word, then you say a word. Ready? Cool. Rabbit. Rabbit. Ah, that's better. Somewhat. Better than it was, Somewhat. Yeah. Let's try again. I'm Liam. <laughs> I'm Ethan. There we are. That's better. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to leave it in. All right. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be here for a while. And we're here today to talk about episode number. Hang on, and I'm Georgia. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's the coda. Let's go for the start. Let's go for the start.